0: it's the only podcast on the internet that is seriously considering the paranormal properties of old silk caps, and their role in bringing supernatural snowmen to life. I'm your host Jim Maritato, aka Vic Maniac, on the internet, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to episode 61. Jason Fitzsimmons of Ghostbusters News joins the podcast this week in a co-hosting capacity as we run down the week's headlines and discuss some new reveals about Ghostbusters' Frozen Empire that are pretty exciting namely things that are Class 5, free-roaming, and vaporous. And we also discussed the wildly successful completion of the crowdfunding period for Pulse's two-in-a-box Ghost Trap and PKE Meter Combo Pack. Uh, And we somehow found ourselves additionally discussing uh, an outstanding premise for an asymmetrical Home Alone video game based on the Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed engine that I really want to exist, among other things. Uh, So it's a fun conversation with Jason this week that I'm happy to share with you, and... It's really good to be able to talk with him about what may be coming down the pike uh, with Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. But before we get into that conversation with Jason, I do have a few housekeeping items that I want to let you know about as we wrap up the end of 2023 and the final shows of this year. The first thing that I want you to know about is that while episode 61 arrived a day late on a Wednesday, somewhat atypically, uh, we haven't done that in a while, (laughs) your next regular episode will return to its normal Tuesday schedule uh, next week. So episode 62, I will, as planned right now, feature Tom Henry uh, of the Ghostbusters containment unit, autograph collecting group, who you've heard on the podcast before. Tom's going to rejoin us to discuss his recent trip to Steel City Con to go meet McKenna Grace and secure hundreds of autographs for fans in the Ghostbusters community and share some stories. If you've heard Tom on the show before talking about his experiences working with talent from the Ghostbusters community during uh, signing opportunities, You'll likely know that this will be a really fun and special episode where Tom gets to share some stories with us, and we get to live a little vicariously through his experience, so I'm really excited to chat with him next week and bring you that episode. That being said, episode 62 is likely going to be the final regular episode for the year, but that doesn't mean you'll be without Extraplasm for the holiday season entirely. As you'll hear Jason and I talk about at the end of this week's episode, We've got a holiday episode idea we're cooking up that you should expect will release after episode 62 and before Christmas Eve. And there may even be a potential New Year's Eve special in the works right now uh, that we're kind of figuring out. So as we wrap up 2023 in the next few weeks, prepare for at least one more regular episode of Extra Plasm, and then some potential holiday fun to follow that might even include some opportunities to get yourself some promotional Ghostbusters Frozen Empire items while helping some people in need. We'll see more details to follow. Um, An additional thing to be aware of at the top of this episode before we jump into the news of the week with Jason is that our friends over at Yes Have Some podcast have revealed this week that they were lucky enough to be invited to visit the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire set in London during filming this past summer. They had the opportunity to shoot behind the scenes videos and participate in some fun interactions around the set, and they'll be bringing that content to folks every Friday on YouTube in a series. They're calling Firehouse Fridays. That content they're putting out is officially sanctioned by Ghost Corps. So it's not leaks or anything. Uh, It's stuff that they were invited to shoot while they were invited to come and be on the set, Uh, though you might encounter some light spoilers, just like any other promotional trailer video or influencer content that you've seen in the past few months. Uh, So if that's stuff you want to avoid, then you should know that it'll be out there and coming out on Fridays. But if you're up for it, and I certainly am. Uh, There's going to be really great content coming out every Friday moving forward. If you're not already subscribed to Yes, Have Some, open up your YouTube app on your device right now. Uh, You can pause the podcast and do it and then come right back and search for Yes, Have Some podcast and get subscribed so you don't miss out on what's coming out uh, as we move closer and closer to Ghostbusters Frozen Empire and the excitement for it continues to build. And finally, a quick disclaimer uh, about this week's episode. If you're looking to stay 100% spoiler free. Know that this week's episode features some really heavy discussion of a theater standee that Ghost Corps made public and promoted on their social media this week that sort of spills some beans on characters that are in the film that we haven't heard about yet from the trailer. So it's going to introduce information about a character in the movie that hasn't been made apparent yet uh, via a trailer or other media. So it's not a leak, uh, but it, and, and for folks open to the trailer and marketing materials, it's not really a spoiler because it's part of the marketing campaign. But be advised that if you are looking to go into Frozen Empire like Tabula Rasa, which is, you know, Latin for clean slate, uh, then you'll want to skip over the first hour of the discussion with Jason uh, that we have this week after the first hour. I don't think that we talk about that topic again. And instead, we move into talking about video games and merchandise and other things, including the HasLab. So you're probably safe by moving forward one hour after the segment with Jason begins Uh, That being said, if you're open for the discussion about what's going on, of course, I would love for you to listen to the entire episode, but I do want to give you that caveat that if you don't want to know plot points or rather character points from the upcoming film, then you probably should skip about one hour into my conversation with Jason. Okay, so that gives you a bit of the lay of the land for the final weeks of the year. And you know now a bit about the cool, fun content to expect from Extraplasm, in terms of the holiday season and what's coming up, as well as what's going to be coming out on Fridays from Yes Have Some that I hope you'll take a look at. So let's go now to my conversation with Jason Fitzsimmons as we get into the exciting reveals about Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, what they may mean from the movie we're about to see in March, and more. Joining me on the podcast, friend of the show, frequent contributor, and of course the number one name
1: in Ghostbusters news, Jason Fitzsimmons, all the way from Canada, how are you doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you for the the compliments, the kudos. I'm doing very well tonight, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's not quite as uh, probably wintry and coldish
0: here as I imagine it's getting to be by you. Uh, We just went through, you know, crazy wildfires here again, but I don't know how it is by you. Maybe you're dealing with the winter wonderland.
1: How is it? There's a blanket of snow out. I mean, luckily, uh, you know, I've got this nice new red jacket uh not 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 really but uh yeah no we we got like a blanket of uh, a blanket of snow out it kind of comes and goes right now uh typically usually for us though january is when it get when it hits really hard here in ontario um yeah you know roads getting closed left and right kids staying home from school all that good nonsense but uh yeah yeah it's it, it's cold would like to call out this week's sponsor of Extra Plasm podcast wuxley uh they make great <laughs> You know, if you're going to the Arctic, you're going to be you're going to be warm. You're going to be nice. Uh, you're going to look good, too. I mean, you're going to see what what's up in the Arctic or down in the where, where is the Arctic? You're going to wherever you are, you're going to find yourself a nice polar bear and they're going to they're, <laughs> you're going to be attractive to them. They're going to come over to you and hump you. Be great.
0: Oh, I'm glad you're here to talk about way more substantial news this week. Uh, and with relationship to the next Ghostbusters movie then red jackets. And for those of you out there listening who were like, but I bought a red jacket and I love red jackets and I'm making red jackets. That's fine. I, I, it's, it's fine f- to be doing that. I just think it's so strange how obsessed we've all become with this damn thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm not talking. I'm not I'm not throwing hate or shade at anybody that's wearing a red jacket or that's making red jackets or selling red jackets. Um, yeah, though, it, it just took off really fast you know like i was watching that trailer and i was looking at like paul Rudd shirt and i'm like can we identify some of these i'd <laughs> like to you know i'd like to wear some of them but like there's been no tags on those it's all about this damn red jacket and yeah yeah I, I don't know i felt like the general population would have saw the price tag and they were like hey no i'm out but of course you know the fan community being the fan community let's let's make her own um and then people are wearing them now at conventions and the general audience is like i why are you wearing red jackets why why are the ghostbusters wearing red jackets like i feel like you're just confusing people at this point until the movie comes out until there's more media out for it i think the general population at these conventions that are seeing cosplayers dressed up with red jackets you're you're just sending them home confused (laughs) I
0: don't disagree with you. I I do wonder like what some people who are like in a parade, I guess it kind of makes sense. If you're out there in the middle of like Fargo, North Dakota, and you're part of the Fargo Ghostbusters who may or may not exist because I don't know where there is and isn't the franchise. (laughs) But if you're a member of an Arctic temperature uh, franchise, Hey, you're marching in a parade. The red coat probably makes some sense, but if like you're standing in the middle of, I don't know, like, Alabama <laughs> like in a convention center. I don't know if that thing reads well at this point. We'll see. I,
1: li- I like how we're like over a month removed and we're still talking about the red jacks. We're we're pretty much fueling the demand here at this point yeah. still. So
0: it's, look, it's okay. I understand what we're doing here. We gotta talk about the thing that everybody loves, even if you're gonna kind of joke about it, because that means people will listen to you and maybe they'll send us both rage mail later. <laughs> Isn't that how the internet works? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're we're going to dive into that later. I got some rage mail this week. Um but I am just saying I'm not opposed to wearing the red jacket. I'll wear it. Just you
0: know. <laughs> of course, See, that's the best part. You and I are sitting here being snarky about the red jacket, but the minute somebody's like, "Hey, do, would do you want a custom red jacket?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, why not? I mean, red jackets nice uh, it's cool.
1: <laughs> These are my these are my sizes. These are my dimensions. Here's my address."
0: Well, I'm excited to talk about things that are not red jackets this week about uh, ghostbusters frozen empire. And, uh, we have quite a bit to unpack, even though we're going to unpack it from, I feel like <laughs> possibly the most esoteric place to have ever derived like official plot details and releases from. So like heads up, mm. fair warning folks, like we're about to jump into this thing called ghostbusters headlines. Uh, and when we do, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff related to the new movie that has come out through promotional materials. So if you're trying to be like completely spoiler free for some reason at this point in the process of uh, leading up to this movie, this might not be the episode that you want to listen to all of because (laughs) you we're probably going to do a lot of that. So um, just be aware of that. But if you uh, want to stick around because you like to find out things and you already know about some of them because you've seen them in social media, because it's everywhere, then um, hang out. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm ready. So let's go ahead and do that in Ghostbusters headlines
1: still making headlines all across the country. The Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity on in topic today. Ghosts and Ghostbusting.: y Extra plasm. Read all about it. Ghostbusters
0: headline coming at you. So the big headline news we got to talk about is all about Frozen Empire. Uh, and that is that we know for sure that filming wrapped that was the first thing we found out in the last week was that we knew that filming was close to wrapping. We knew that things had happened in Atlanta and there were some reshoots happening. Um, and then, uh, it turned out that that wrapped up by last weekend. And I kind of thought that was going to happen because we knew McKenna Grace was committed for mm-hmm. steel city con. Like everybody had been talking about it and the containment unit had been marketing a signing for it. We've talked about it on the podcast here. So it was pretty obvious that like they had to be done shooting by the time she was supposed to be, In Pittsburgh. Otherwise, you know, that would have kind of failed and flopped. But by the middle of this last week, we ended up getting confirmation that they were done filming in Atlanta because Gil Kennan showed up uh, at the firehouse and in New York City and was kind of paying it a visit to pay tribute to it as he was celebrating the end of the shoot. And I have to give you credit on this because we talked about it off air. I thought he was wearing a Christmas sweater in this photo. But you very adeptly have pointed out that it is a Photoshop.
1: Yeah, I like I don't understand, man, like he he posted it to his Instagram stories and it was like a weird post. Like, I mean, he, he drew a heart on it, which, OK, fine. But like the image was like awkwardly cropped from like the top to the bottom. And then, yeah, he photo edited the firehouse's doors. Like on a sweater and like. I, I don't understand. I'm very confused, <laughs> like unless he's covering something up on his sweater, like i i don't I don't understand why what what maybe like, why? he's suggesting that the
0: firehouse doors are like the doors to his heart, and that mm. <laughs> I mean is, yeah. <laughs> that they are photoshopped directly on his chest, yeah, so maybe you know like he's just full of love for the firehouse and the key to his heart is the key to the firehouse door that's that's I'm choosing a metaphor here <laughs>
1: it i don't i as someone who covers this kind of content, you know how conflicted I was in the respects of like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, <laughs> it's a post that I'm like, okay, Ghostbusters filming, it wraps, you know, I get, I get a second post out of the filming wrapping, right? Like, I'm excited, it's, people are going to click, you know, people are going to come to the website, people are going to, you know, get that news. I'm pumped to cover it, right? But, right. And I'm making the, the, the post up, and then I see that, yeah, he, he's got the photo edit on his shirt. And like, I instantly know any comments I receive is going to be people like, "What is going on? Like, what? Why? <laughs> like, I I I love Gil, but I why? What would I? I don't. Wanna, I need an answer. I really do need an answer. But I'm too too meek and too uh timid to to message Gil and be like, Hey, what? What's up? So um, if anyone out there <laughs> listening to this podcast, uh, if if you want to like flood Gil, you know uh instagram messages and be like hey Gil, what what's going on here um and get the answer I'd, I'd i'm be, too I'd timid to
0: ask him directly but i'm powerful enough to unleash a field of minions to ask him
1: <laughs>
0: exactly and
1: then and then, uh, and then uh, you know that wasn't me if he if he finds out uh it, yeah if any if, if you if you do message him uh <laughs> be sure to tell him that it was extraplasm podcast that sent you <laughs> uh yeah no, not Ghostbusters News, not Jason from Ghostbusters News. Great. But, uh, that's that's yeah. great. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean the the firehouse looks nice. It's all Christmassy. There's decorations. And yeah. and 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 Gil's, you know, got his Ray Bans on. Uh, but yeah, just just a weird just a weird just choice. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe maybe it was like a design that wasn't Ghostbusters related to. Like maybe, maybe it's maybe not like a spoiler. And just for the sake of like, hey, you know, what if it's going to get reposted on the Ghostbusters like official channels. Maybe I should cover it. I'm thinking that could be the more logical route of as to exactly why.
0: Maybe um, it looks like a cable knit sweater to me. So I don't know. But who knows? Yeah, the point is that Gil was no longer shooting in Atlanta because he was definitely standing outside the firehouse and then photoshopping doors onto his chest, um, which is, you know, cool because we know they're done. And then the other key indicator they were done was McKenna Grace took a photo of the back of the Ecto one and uh made comment that she would never um that sort of the she she still couldn't believe that she was doing it that she, this could never get old to her etc uh so we got this confirmation they were finished and then the bigger news that we're kind of like teasing out here is all of a sudden yesterday uh on Tuesday there was this um post that came out of a cardboard yeah. standee with a lenticular front to it that looked like it was in the shape of the first floor of the firehouse and was the garage bay doors um, with the Ecto-1 in it when you kind of walk past it and around the Ecto-1 were three ghosts um, or at least three paranormal beings. Because to be fair, I always think it's weird to refer to the big bad in the Ghostbusters movies as a ghost because often it isn't like Gozer's not a ghost, right? Like Vigo's not a ghost. Yeah, He's a some magician. kind of
1: God creature. Yeah. Uh,
0: but so whatever yeah. the big bad is in this, you know, it, it's it's bad and it's paranormally. Uh, so. On the left, there was some brand-new, strange, tentacled-looking ghost that I don't really think we've ever seen before. In the center was a much clearer vision of uh, the big, bad ghost that we're going to get in the next movie, who we've seen in the trailer kind of a silhouette of marching down the street towards the firehouse and blowing some doors open. And um, And then there was Slimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very iconically and recognizably, the original onion head design of Slimer. Um, so I have to ask you, as a person who rates things at this point in <laughs> numbers of Slimer booties, how does this make you feel?
1: <laughs> I mean, the overall design. I mean, I, like I've I've had people comment, uh, like, "Hey, you know, there's a problem with his head, or his eyes look like they're white pupils, like." I don't know. I feel like people are trying to nitpick this way too much. Yeah, to me, I look at this thing and if you took it out of context, like if you put it on the Sedgwick Hotel set, to me, this would look like it came right out of 1984. And I wouldn't think anything different. Right. Um, there's people like criticizing, oh, the teeth aren't right. What have you? Uh, no, to me, this thing looks like 84 Slimer. Um, I mean, I guess there could be a chance that maybe they made it. No, you know what? I'm looking at it right now. It's. I don't think it's any cuter than what that Slimer looked like. Uh, I think they went back to like that nasty old, you know, grungy boils all over the body Slimer, which you can see the boils there. Um. I my, obviously my big question. I mean, you alluded to it. Was Slimer's booty? Did it come back? Did they bring it back for, for Frozen <laughs> Empire? Um. But I would assume they, they they did. I mean, they're 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 trying to keep that original recipe, like they, they said with Afterlife when it came to the production. Um. Yeah. They they, they gotta know they they can't change that. They they can't. Yeah, no, um, I,
0: I think we this is not to slag on the Slimer from Ghostbusters 2016, because, you know, like this is not a judgment thing. But I think that people looked at that version of Slimer and made judgments about it because it was somewhat different from the original. It was not mm-hmm. particularly the same ghost. And it was CGI, right? It wasn't practical effects, I don't think, for most of it. No, I no. They, I mean, they
1: that, they, they had a practical Slimer on set for like, the actors to look look at. Right and like they never showed it, like it was just right. it was just there for stand-ins and that was it. Uh, same with the uh, the lady slimer, they had one made for that too, and just it never made an actual appearance. Right, so
0: yeah. I I think that like to see a slimer that to me like having watched Afterlife and seeing how they handled the terror dogs in Afterlife, where it was sort of hey we can blend mm-hmm. old school puppetry alongside. CGI. Right. So we got to see the terror dog run in afterlife and it had the same goofy mechanics as the stop motion one, but also looked more realistic. I'm excited because of the idea that it's like, okay, this is the opportunity to take Slimer and have the character we know and probably is going to rely upon old school tricks in terms Mm -hmm. of shooting, you know, ghosts and whatnot. But it's also then going to give them the flexibility of using new technology with him to do stuff. So I'm kind of stoked to see him.
1: The funny thing is with Slimer, I mean, like out of every creature in that first film, he's the one that aged the best. Like the terror dogs, when they're in motion, they're not good. I uh, buy today, today's standards by any, any word. Right. I mean, they look amazing when they're standing still. But like when that terror dog like goes through Lewis's, you know, doorway, uh, that's a rough, <laughs> rough shot. When it's running across, you know, the yeah. street, that's a rough <laughs> shot. Um, and then, you know, even the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, I mean, he looks great, moves great because obviously he's a guy in the suit. But, you know, there are those shots where, you know, he's stepping down and you can see like the church in behind him kind of imposed, depending on which cut of the film you're watching. Um, Slimer, to me, has always been near perfect. Yes, they used a, you know, painted peanut for some of the, you know, faraway shots and (laughs) such like that. But that's something that, yeah, it's always looked great. And I feel like with this new film, I would love to see them maybe accentuate him a little bit, you know, like if you've got that, you know, actual real guy in a suit girl in a suit whoever's in the suit um you know if you're gonna add maybe cgi a little bit of like extra glisten to him you know a little bit of like slime oozing off right. of him there little things like that i think they could really kind of amp up slimer's whole appeal in his appearance with
0: sure yeah i i totally agree um and i think when i look at him what he reminds me of is it's not an image from the movie but there's a promo image mm-hmm. of slimer from many years ago that like the original prop where the puppeteers like have him in this sort of like wry looking smile pose. Yeah. that yeah. has that's what it reminds me of. Like looking at him like, Oh, this is like seeing him in a pose that you didn't necessarily see him in, in the old movie, but he's it's definitely him. It's definitely, it feels like that character. And let's be fair. Like if there are variances to this ghost, like why do ghosts have to look exactly the same? Like what, what like, there's a concept and a theory that sort of suggested over the years that, Ghosts start out looking humanoid, and the longer they're ghosts, they kind of turn into these more demonic things. And I don't remember where the origin of that is in the Ghostbusters universe, but, like, it's a thing I've heard talked about over the years. And so if if you're 40 years after the last time you saw Slimer, why why wouldn't he look a little different? It would kind of make some sense that maybe he does have different eyes or different, you know, but he wouldn't be drastically different. But, um, you know, maybe he's got some paranormal wear and tear on him.
1: You know what's? I, I'm just. I'm kind of thinking about. You know, I, I kind of referenced. You know, the dripping slime, and you're talking about the paranormal wear and tear. Um, I, I just have this weird image now in my like in my mind, burned in my burned in my brain right now that some part during this film, he's going to get partly frozen. There'll be something <laughs> there, and it will be heart wrenching. Despite I how saw an AI image of that. Like no joke. I Really,
0: think I, I saw someone render that as AI art and post it to uh, Instagram. I think like last night it was like somebody had done it where he was a big it was it was not his whole body but it was a close-up of him and if you're out there and you're the person who did this feel free to send me a message and i'll like post repost it because i have no idea where i saw it but um i think it was ai art i shouldn't say that if it wasn't somebody will be like i'm pissed off you called my real art ai art but (laughs) um it was like he was made all of a sudden of icicles like it had all frozen solid and he had red eyes that were frozen solid like glass and I was like, oh, that's creepy if somebody freezes him. Like, that is kind of what he would look like. So you might be not... Like, somebody else has had that idea.
1: <laughs> that's how, that's how uh, Peter Bankman's gonna die. Slimer is gonna be, like, charging him at, like, 60 miles per hour. And right before he hits, he's gonna just be iced over, slam right into Peter, just kill him. That, that's how he's gonna die.
0: <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, Kumail Nanjiani uh, did put out a statement today as we're recording saying that there are some truly scary things in this movie, right? Wasn't that one yeah. of the things that he suggested was going to be in the new movie was uh, there's some really genuinely scary stuff. The scary stuff is actually scary. Uh, something that he told UPI in an interview, right? So maybe you're not wrong about this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know what? That That's the thing with Ghostbusters, man. Like I, For years... There's been like all these things of like, hey, like I remember the original 1984 movie and the library ghost. That is like one of the scariest scenes in Hollywood. And like, I'm like, okay, I mean, I get it as a kid. Yeah, I was probably petrified about, you know, what? no, as a kid, like I remember watching it and not really getting scared of the library ghost. So I don't really know how scary, you know, like there, there are certain things from my childhood that I remember, like scenes from Killer Clowns from Outer Space and, you know, Friday the 13th. but. That library ghost never really resonated with me as scary. Maybe it was just because I really love Ghostbusters. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, it just it just never hit me. Like, it, it hit some people. Um, so I am a little kind of curious as to exactly what is scary. What is defined as right. scary? Like, we're not going to see blood and guts, obviously. We're not going to see any, you know, gruesomeness. But um, I, I got to say, at least from what we've seen of the big bad, like those close-ups, like, it looks pretty unsettling. So yeah. I'm assuming it'll be kind of settled or, like, revolved around that a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what uh, you know kind of meter is when it comes to these horrifying, these scary visuals and such.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think it's I've already said this, that I think that the trailer indicates a pretty intense situation and arguably more than we've seen before in New York, because there's a widespread threat to the city mm-hmm. as opposed to like a constrained, uh, you know, one location threat that's happening within a building or something along those lines. Right so it's already kind of scary and more intense. But I mean, like nobody's like, we're gonna talk about this ghost on the left in a minute for sure, too. But like the ghost on the left of this image, if you've seen this, to me is scary looking. I'm like, that thing has tentacles and like seems to have a lot of teeth, and um, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I've never seen it before. I'm kind of intrigued by that, and it kind of freaks me out. Like, I don't want to get off time about Slimer because I have more to say about this, but like, you know, I look at Slimer almost as being like, hey, here's a fun piece of that image. And the other two p- things in that image are like, these are kind of spookier and darker than Slimer is, you know? So it makes me wonder, and this is like a thing I'll ask you to put out there, like, what's, what's he there for? Like, what is his role? I, I joked for months mm-hmm. that he was going to show up in this movie. I don't know if you remember my rationale for why he would be there, but yeah. I said that I, I, said that the people who were in the Starbucks oh,
1: yes, was being yeah, run out of
0: the yeah. firehouse, <laughs> We're dumping all of their coffee grounds in the containment unit and he was like eating off the scraps of the place. Right. And he would just be there Mm -hmm. like kind of having been eaten leftover cake pops and stuff.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But, but for real, like, what do you think the reason is that he's back in this movie? I'm going to bank that most more than likely, uh, where the ghostbusters now have this new test facility I'm going to think that he's probably in the lab. I think that they've been very much in like the 2009 game. Uh, You know, they've been doing tests on Slimer. Um, Obviously, he's not in the firehouse. He's elsewhere. And I think once this uh, threat hits New York City, uh, power goes down, Slimer is freed and he gets to cause hijinks. Um, But yeah, that's that's how I think he's going to kind of get settled into it. I think they're I I don't know. I just feel like Slimer is that type of character that um, you can't really you don't really want to retread what you did in the first one. Right. Uh um, you know, you don't really want to have him haunting an area and then go and bust him. Um, and I feel like the test subject scenario, you can have Slimer be grotesque. You can also have Slimer being kind of cute because if he's a test subject, they know what he likes, right? So they can feed right. him things, he can be kind of adorable. Um, I feel like you can kind of walk that line quite nicely if grotesque and adorable. So you're very much still that 84 Slimer, but at the same time, if they want to, you know, go back and rely on Slimer for a cartoon series. I see ecto cooler what have right. you there'll be that very easy link so i'm gonna bank on test subject
0: i'm interested to see if that's the case because i think you could be right but it's made me start considering where has he been and where has everything that was around in the containment unit been right mm. has it all been there the whole time and we saw that blinking red light at the end of afterlife because like literally the ghostbusters moved out of the firehouse and they were just like we left a laser containment system in the basement. We didn't tell anybody about when we went <laughs> or did they have to do something with these ghosts that have been in a different location since they sunset the business. And it's, it's, it's just something that makes me really wonder if they have him in a test environment and the R and D lab is new post afterlife. Well, how they get him back? Or was he like in deep freeze somewhere that they figured out how to take the ghosts and be like, We can reduce their their psychokinetic energy to almost nothing and cold store them or something, you know. So Mm -hmm. um, that kind of makes me really wonder, like, where where has he been this entire time? And I kind of hope we get an answer to that question. Like, I don't want the movie to just be like, here's Slimer. He's in some sort of observation unit that you can look at. But we're not going to tell you where he's been the whole time, because to me, he's as much of a character who has a story and a history as much of any of the other Ghostbusters.
1: You know? He really like, really messed up is because he feels so connected to the Sedgwick, inside their lab, they've rebuilt an entire floor of the Sedgwick. <laughs> <laughs> and every day, like one of their staff members has to go in there, bring him food, and he gets slimed. And that's the guy's like one job, just every single day. Rinse. Every and
0: day some lady has to come by and go, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um that's that would be kind of wild but it, it is i mean it's kind of puzzling like i'm glad he's gonna be in the movie and we're gonna get to see him again but i really do hope that we get this sort of what happened to those ghosts right mm-hmm. and i often like think about this that what was where was he between the first movie and the second one right because they catch him in the first one the containment mm-hmm. unit blows up at, at towards the end of the, fir- the the first movie they defeat gozer and then he's around in the second movie, he's driving a bus at the end of it. We know there would have been a delete. There's a deleted sequence that isn't canon, theoretically, right? That Lewis mm-hmm. was trying to catch him because he's in the firehouse. But why is he in the fire? Like, what what was the rationale for why he didn't just take off? Like, <laughs> Yeah.
1: And I mean, also to, to the fact that, uh, you know, they've already stated uh, Kumel has stated that uh, the filmmakers, Jason Gill, uh, they have been heavily inspired or taking a nod from the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. So you do have that kind of, okay, a slimer going to be cast as, you know, that almost like that pet. And I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, I, I really can I can see him in, in like that supporting role, but nowhere near of what real Ghostbusters was. Right. Um, I, maybe, maybe I'll be wrong, but um, yeah, I, I I can't see him being that kind of like. I'm going to strap on a proton pack and save the day type of Slimer. You know,
0: I don't imagine that where he's been the last for the, like for the last 40 years of where he was, was like under the counter at Ray's occult, just hanging out, you know, just like, and Ray would let him out like once a week to be like, Hey buddy, what's going on? You want to hang out and like watch some cartoons?
1: (laughs) 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 No, I don't know. I I feel like I I honestly feel like I think the lab is going to be where you're going to see him. I, I think that'll be, a nice little nod to him. And I, and also the fact that the trailer does show them, you know, going back to the New York public library, Um, you know, we're going to have the, we're, we're going to have to have the library goes too. like, she's going to, whether it's a big role, small role, little nod, you know, what have you. Um I, I, I'm glad the fact that we're going back to New York. I'm glad that we're going to be getting those nods again. Kind of like after like, you know, the mem- member berries, but right. I'm so happy that the overall tone of this film looks so much different. And the fact yeah. that, you know, in this marketing, in this advertising, Yes, we got the Ecto. Yes, we got the Firehouse. Yes, we have Slimer. You know, we've got those things that make us, all of, our, all of us who grew up in the 1980s, feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But at the same time, you know, we've got Afterlife's Mini Puffs, which is <laughs> kind of still a nod, you know, with a Stay Puffs. But then yeah. we do have this new Big Bad. We've got this tentacle kind of creature ghost. Um, I feel like this, honestly, this advertisement, this uh, lenticular standee, it's got such a nice... Just blend to it of you know old and new and uh, it's eye catching. Um, yeah, it. I, I can't see anyone not seeing this in the theater, even just a casual fan, and not getting excited about Frozen Empire.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and to be real, it's like a pretty significant, substantial standee to be in a theater and walk by. It's not like you're gonna not see this, right? It's like probably the size of three typical cardboard standees for a movie in a theater. It's lenticular. Like this to me, the standee and its presence kind of indicates the uh, the hype about the movie and sort of the presence that, you know, I think Sony is putting upon the film, you know, so it's it's kind of silly to think about it in this way. But like, I didn't expect to get a reveal of Slimer Mm -hmm. from a cardboard standee, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And I think, that you know,
1: I thought Slimer like, honestly, I felt like um, I thought Slimer was going to be trailer material like I thought he was going to be. Honestly, the end of the first teaser, I thought Slimer was going to be there because the fact that when they were hyping up Afterlife, like Jason Reitman directly said that, hey, he's not in this movie because we're going to you know, Somerville, Oklahoma, right. we're, we're, and the fact that we're going back to New York, to me, it was apparent that Slimer, he would be a part of it. Yep. Um, yeah, there was like no question in my mind. So I really thought that first teaser, just to get, you know, just to hit you with those member berries, they were going to hit Slimer at the end just because that trailer, for the most part, it did feel so different. You know, I thought that they, they, have, they have to do that callback and they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't know if I know. I do know I, I, I probably would have rather have seen Slymer in motion first than seeing him just on a cardboard, you know, standee.
0: Yeah, I to be fair, like I'm a little reminded here of like. Um, when the mini puffs were revealed to us, mm-hmm. it was kind of that they had to show us what they were like in video form because we were going to find out from a box of cereal. Right. It was like that was the thing that was happening was like the marketing was about to drop. And as a result of that, we needed to know that this thing existed. So I'm like wondering if we might get more of a video reveal of Slimer in Motion, like relatively soon, given that these cardboard standees began going out to theaters. And, you know, I think initially it seemed like somebody caught this. And posted it, and then Ghostbusters yeah. social media confirmed it, right? Rather than them kind of planning, like let's put this out at the same time. And, so
1: and yeah. and to be honest, I mean the the video that Ghostbusters, like the official Ghostbusters ch- channels, they posted. I mean it is as bare bones as you can get. Like it almost feels like they went to a theater and they were like, okay, you have the standy, yeah, set it up, you know. And like it <laughs> was like if anybody's going to reveal this, we're going to be the ones to reveal this. Like we're going right. to get this out. And I don't know if that's the case for sure or not. Just they uploaded it. There's no audio. It's like 15 seconds. It's got a ca- like a pretty basic caption of, you know, Ghost Empire. Go watch Frozen Empire. Um, but it is a pretty bare bones post. So I kind of feel like it was something where it was like, we're going to record this in the morning and it's going to be out in the afternoon. You know, it's just we need we need to get this content out there before, it. you know, if anybody's going to leak it, we're going to leak it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right that it was sort of like a quick. Run in, run out, (laughs) shoot the thing really quick. But it was the kind of thing where it's like, all right, well, if this is going to come out, like let's get it out, you know, let's get it out from us and then we'll get to see more of Slimer later. But it did have that vibe to me of like, Oh, the the marketing and the merchandising is getting ahead of what we've revealed so far to some extent. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, to what extent is he involved in other merchandising and products that we may see? Like,
1: Oh, the mini pups were
0: huge, right? Like that was like introduced and they're on that standee too. Like they're on the bottom of it. A couple of them are impaled by ice, which is kind of spooky because they're just like dangling from the ice shards that are coming out Mm -hmm. of the ground. So like they're back theoretically too, because they're in the standee as well. But I have to imagine that his presence on that standee means we're going to see a marketing push that continues to involve him. So if they're going to do a big marketing push with Slimer, What's the big thing that obviously everybody expects to see?
1: Uh, well, I mean, obviously what goes hand in hand with Slimer is going to be some of that, uh, you know, high C ecto cooler.
0: Yeah. Right? Like, like this gr- is that
1: green elixir from the 1980s, right?
0: Like it's important. I think that everybody consider that this is the character who the last time we saw him in the previous generations of Ghostbusters was sort of like the marketing face of the thing that was probably more prominent, frankly, than the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Like there was hmm. not Stay Puff Marshmallow Man bubble gum and Stay Puff Marshmallow Man toothpaste that looked the same as <laughs> two products and tubes on shelves. right? There was and Slimer things.
1: And another thing, too, is, I mean, we're in a world right now where no matter like for the past like 10 years or so, slime is hot. Like when it comes yeah. to kids, like slime yeah. is a go to Christmas item every yep. single year for kids. Um, and you've got I mean, you've got Slimer. You've got pretty much the perfect mascot for that. Um, apparently I, am I'm, I'm guessing they still can't call, you know, their, their slime slime because of other licenses. So it's ectoplasm <laughs> still, if, if that happens, but, um, yeah, I mean, you, you've, you got the perfect mascot for that for food. Yeah. As you were saying, I mean, he did toothpaste, uh, high C ecto cooler. There is so much that you can do with him being back yeah. in the spotlight. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting for a new brand of hostess Twinkies, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We never properly got our Muncher Twinkies, uh, so uh, yeah, it's, that's a little for Slimer. Yeah. And, and now I'm now I'm thinking about like what happens if, you know, they got this lab in New York City. What if they've taken Muncher there, and then we get Muncher and Slimer together in the same scene? Probably won't happen. <laughs> but I'm I'm you know I can I can stay up at night and think about it. Um, yeah, yeah. There there is so much marketing potential, and I think you're right. I think honestly, being that we're, God, in a couple of weeks we're going to be three months away from this film. Um, yeah. Given that, I really feel like we're about to see th- there's probably something being lifted in the next couple of weeks in terms of marketing, uh, like third party companies, like releasing clothing items, T-shirts, collectibles, what have you there. Right. Um, that's going to have that's going to be attached to Frozen Empire. And I, I almost su- suspect and I've been kind of saying this for a little while that maybe there were some things like, uh, you know, Halloween costumes had that slimer, a uh, little kind of like table slimer with the pizza in hand. Yes, And, you know, the uh, there's other companies releasing the Slimer merchandise. I kind of feel like maybe they were supposed to be kind of Frozen Empire based because it's weird that we're getting. If you don't even think like think about this, OK, we got the Halloween costume Slimer Bradford exchange. They're doing the Slimer uh, table lamp. There is yes. an influx of Slimer right now. And I kind of feel like obviously they were given the heads up. They knew he was in the film. And even if they're, you know, not based on the Frozen Empire design, they're kind of connected in the respects that they knew this thing was coming and they knew to get the Slimer merch ready.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong about that. I think that there may have been some disclosure of like, these are characters that you should expect to see in the new movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the same time, you look at what's gone on with uh, the action figures that have been produced by um, who's the company that's doing the Stay Puft figure that just left my brain. Um, SH figure.
1: No, not that's I Um star.
0: Yeah. Star Ace. Star Ace. Star Ace yes. Uh, so Star Ace has their Daypuff figures coming out, right? Which are kind of like reproductions mm-hmm. in some ways of old <laughs> sculpts people have seen before that people have been like, "Uh, what? But that you is know.
1: shipping this month, by the way, for anybody who has not pre-ordered theirs yet, uh, shipping this month.
0: Nice. So if yeah. you haven't done that, go out and grab that if you want it. Um, but that's the thing that, you know, maybe you're right about this, that there is some suggestion of what we will see. You know, they can't reveal what the new this stuff is, but they can say, Hey, you know, we're probably going to be marketing some stuff that will involve Slimer. So it's not a bad idea. Farts.
1: Their figure of Slimer is that GB one Slimer, isn't it? (laughs) I believe it is. So It is like a frozen empire Slimer. Oh
0: yeah. I'm pretty, cause star ACE has a Slimer and they have the, um, they have the stay puff coming out. Right. So I don't, I don't know that we're going to see stay puffed again, necessarily. We're going to see mini puffs, but that being said, Billy Brian, did apparently go and work on this picture <laughs> and he yeah, was once I, inside of stay puffed so who knows
1: i, I mean at, at the very least i think we're gonna get a stay puffed advertisement there's gonna be a billboard there you know marshmallow yeah. man uh I, I mean we got that I mean, technically in afterlife right but i i wouldn't even be surprised if maybe we get like a stay puffed uh you know commercial wouldn't it be funny if we find out that like zettimore bought the stay puffed brand and like they actually own it now <laughs> and that's what's fueling the ghostbusters all these years that's the it's business more
0: industries it's part of its uh, financial holdings includes the stay puff marshmallow company or this yeah. it's it's not just the marshmallow company right because it's the um it's the stay company right because they also make the stay crisp graham crackers that are seen uh i think in afterlife i, it, they that's, they do. I think that's when they, they show up yeah yeah so yeah there you go he's got the whole stay the stay line. It's the stay whatever <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by seeing him back. Um, I hope that they do connect these dots on where he's been because I think that that's really important to us at a narrative level as opposed to just throwing him back in. Anything else you want to add about the sort of reveal of Slimer here?
1: Um, not, I mean, honestly, too much. I mean, obviously, I mean, you, you, asked my, uh, <laughs> you asked my score at the beginning here what I thought on the booty scale out of 10 and I mean, like right now, without seeing the booty, I, I can't commit. I cannot commit just yet. <laughs> but I got to say, I don't think we think we really have touched on. It. I mean, we kind of did. But the fact that he does look and I have reached out to, to Ghost Corps about this and I, I shouldn't say he does look. He is uh, for the most part. He is going to be practical effects in the nice. film. That is one thing that has been confirmed uh, when possible. He is practical. So again, very much that 84 and heck, I guess, 89 recipe.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm excited to see him back, and um, we'll have to see
1: whether or not we get a good shot of the booty. I was told I can say it, um, but I was going to do it on my website. But I'll I'll let it go here. This is going to be big for Extraplasm. I play Slimer. <laughs> Why are you laughing?
0: Wait. So you play Slimer in the new yes. movie?
1: Yeah.
0: But. How does, so, but now you're confusing me because how do you rate your own
1: booty then? You can rate your own booty. I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a man, my booty normally, it's a 10. <laughs> no, okay, I'm not, I'm not really Slimer. I, I just wanted to feel important for, uh, you know, 20 seconds, but I am curious as to who's <laughs> playing Slimer, if, you know, if, if maybe it's a, uh, particular slammer actor or actress from either the first or second film that's returned uh, i'd be kind of cool to see uh or if it is somebody new but uh hey,
0: we'll say, i will say this i don't know that i've seen emily allen lind in any of these trailers <sighs> and i've been speculating with people that, that must mean that you know emily allen lind perhaps plays uh you know uh the big bad or voices the big bad or something but what if emily allen lind is actually inside the slimer suit
1: <laughs> that is like that would be such a waste oh god i don't i don't don't mean that like to be like derogatory to like any actors because like robin shelby and mark like they're crazy talented people but like after seeing uh emily like in uh dr sleep and stuff like that right uh you know she's she's such a great actor has such great appeal especially like with the facial reactions and everything to put her behind you know slimer would just be it would be yeah, no, yeah. I don't no, disagree no, with no. you.
0: I'm just trying to start rumors like, you know, Oscar Barrett's in this movie, because that's apparently what's fun to do. <laughs> so this one, I'm like, Emily Allen Lind is Slimer. You heard it here first, except it's not true. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a great job. We're covering news. we are being objective. We're being honest. Don't worry about it. It's fine, everybody. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think that the Slimer reveal is super important. It's super awesome. And I'm excited about it. But I also have to say like I am totally creeped out by this ghost that's on the left side of this lenticular. And uh are you I I'm not sure if you said it while we were been talking on the podcast or if you and I have said it in passing that this ghost feels like a ghost that came out of Spirits Unleashed but creepier.
1: Yeah, I I mean it's it's got that it's just, it just has that vibe, you know, like Spirits Unleash, the, the character characters can only be so big because obviously you have to play as them. They have to work with the other characters in game. Right. Uh this seems like something that if you just took all those restrictions off, this is something that we would be kind of given. Uh like the thing looks crazy long. Um I don't know, man. Like it, it almost feels like I'm getting like a weird like Beetlejuice snake vibe thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It it's 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 creepy. It, it's it's pretty dang creepy. I wouldn't call it scary. Kumel, but uh, it to me it, it definitely <laughs> is creepy.
0: Yeah, it's um it's kind of creepy, and it has a really creepy mouth. Um, was kind of the thing that I thought that I was like, I don't know what the deal with this is. But it does remind me of like, I play a lot of Spirits Unleashed, and mm-hmm. there's a ghost class in Spirits Unleashed that I can't remember what its name is at the off the top of my head. Now I can remember all the other ones as like basher, howler, and all this other thing But one of them, it might even just be poltergeist that yeah it's kind of like it floats along and it kind of has a mouth and it has like long drapey kind of arms and it shocks things um and it kind of reminds me of that like yeah real like it's uh, it's not exactly the same but it's very similar in design to me
1: yeah i mean going through like the uh uh the poltergeist like that's the one with like toxic and like almost like that offbeat kind of scullery brother looking kind of character um yeah. Yeah. It definitely has that vibe. Like that's honestly the feeling I got with it's almost like a mishmash of two spirits unleashed characters together.
0: I think the one I'm thinking of, cause now I'm looking at the Ghostbuster spirits unleashed website so I can not continue to sound uninformed. That's what you do when you're on a podcast. You don't know the answers to things. Just go look them up. Uh, infernal is a ghost that kind of looks like this in a way. Uh, the infernal ghost is like got long appendages that spread out and it has mummy wraps on it. And then like a big mouth that opens up, it kind of looks like that to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like the Wraith Ghost is kind of similar. So mm-hmm. I think the other thing it reminded me of in terms of its scale of what we're seeing, if it's if it is of similar scale to Slimer, then the other ghost it kind of reminded me of was the subway ghost that yeah. came from like the
1: original Ghostbusters movie, you know? Even uh someone pointed out to me, like if you look at like the intro of like extreme ghostbusters, some of those kind of like long tentacle looking kind of like creatures that are like scrolling through like the underground new york city um there is definitely some clear like rgb extreme influence with this thing
0: yeah you know what now that i'm looking at this i know what it is you're like the poltergeist class you're right like has the Toxy and mm-hmm. nasher and zappy and zappy has the long like tentacles that come off of it right but it also has a humanoid form so this kind of feels like the zappy thing mashed with other one i said which was uh, yeah. i can't remember the name of now <laughs> i'm doing
1: a great it's job everybody it's got that vibe
0: yeah so definitely spooky i want to know more about that i i mean to be honest like off the top of my head i feel like that's a scarier looking thing than the big bad is right now but big bad's kind of off in the distance in this image that we get from the lenticular so
1: um there's still a lot to be learned about the big bad but it's it's really crazy too that we're seeing the big bad like in this because like I'm I'm kind of given the impression that the big bad will possibly make an appearance early on in the film, like unlike Gozer and Vigo. I mean, I guess I guess Vigo technically is in it early, but he doesn't really make his grand debut till late. Right, but you know, I kind of feel like is this thing gonna like take the firehouse and have it under siege early on, and it's gonna kind of take up residence there? Um, because it's so weird that it it it's such a pivotal piece of marketing because that wasn't the case when it came to you know Gozer Vigo. Were they in the trailers? Yes. Right. But I don't recall anything with like Gozer or Vigo on it at all. Yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, I'm not even really sure that you saw Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in any of the marketing until after that yeah. movie was out. You know, it was like that. The, the marketing appeal for the original 1984 movie was like, here's this logo on a black background that we've kind of kept in the teaser uh, trailer or poster. Right. And then mm-hmm. like you would get a trailer that kind of showed them fighting and stuff, but is uh, that's a great, great, great question. I can't even answer right now. Is that's stay always Puft kind of in f- the original trailer.
1: No, because I, he's been in, obviously like when they do like the anniversary edition, they'll put him you know, like they'll show him, uh, yeah. stay puffed. I, I believe it was on an audio commentary. The whole idea was stay puffed. They didn't want to put him in advertising because the idea of stay puffed is the, the movie. It slowly kind of brings you into the world where, you know, okay, Slimer exists and this exists. Right. and You know, it, it gets to the point where it shows you Stay Puffed and the idea the concept, it doesn't seem so crazy anymore, right? Like you can look at it and you're like, okay, it's funny, but right. you're not really questioning it, right? Um, and I feel like that's one thing I, mean, I always bring it up on every time on the podcast. That, to me, that was one of the biggest faults when it came to the 2016 marketing was that trailer gave you so much. Like it was like, oh yeah, Here, here's Rowan, here's this. And not only did it make people be like, oh, they're just copying Stay Puft. But it just it didn't leave you with any surprises at all right. walking into that film. Like you knew what the big baddie was. Um, and I'm hoping that for Frozen Empire, they kind of, you know, <laughs> there's there's something other than this. Um, but just with Dan's comments where it's like betrayal and all this other stuff, maybe, maybe the story is gonna be the big thing, right? Like maybe, and it always is, really, but maybe this one won't have the, you know, that big grand scale Statue of Liberty stape off marshmallow man. I don't think it really should. But yeah, maybe the story is going to be that big hook that's going to you know you're going to leave the theater and that's what you're going to remember. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 rather curious, and then at the same time too, who's to say what we're seeing here with this ghost? The fact that it can apparently attach or detach its you know horns, uh, as we saw in the trailer, mm-hmm. if in fact that's what attached to horn. Um, who's to say this is not its initial form, and it may right. change throughout the film, right?
0: that's also possible right like it's all entirely possible that thing on the left is also the thing in the middle <laughs> That just that could be before it goes into a magic horn cocoon or something um to <laughs> so go stick some horns in and get super powered but you know yeah. what
1: i'm just, i'm looking at that image right now and i'm just i'm just getting like an ursula vibe right now that one thing is on the, on the one side <laughs> slimers on the other that's like her little like electric eels or it's electric eels and that, that's their role just the henchmen. <laughs> like a buddy comedy they're gonna get their own a cartoon spinoff
0: yeah that's it that's what's going on but i mean i imagine that that ghost has to have some prominence in the narrative of the, of the film in the same way that like muncher did you know yeah. like and i to be real like i don't think that any of us have the same uh connection to muncher as a character that has sort of a personality to it that we all have to slimer because we had years of cartoon development and toy development that kind of uh, gave a persona to that ghost, you know? So it kind of does make me wonder like, what will these other ghosts be in terms of a blank slate um, that we get to see in this movie?
1: But Muncher got we'll hosed. See. Muncher got hosed, man. He didn't <laughs> have his Twinkies. He didn't have like an actual good figure. Like, there was nothing, there was no good Muncher figure. There I was agree. no Plasma Series figure. They There's had no the Plasma Fright Series. feature. Sure, it was okay. He had like the little like pack in that came with the the transformer mashup figure, Yeah. but yeah, there was nothing when it came to like an actual plasma series, you know, good articulated. I would have even settled for like a build a figure
0: yeah i I think that we didn't really get a great uh offering of Muncher, although he did get some great screen time on Master Chef Spain, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. you've never seen, that's yeah, like it, the most again another very bizarre place for something from a movie to get revealed, sort of out of sequence with other things. Because I'm pretty sure that was like our that first. Was much,
1: yeah, it was. <laughs> I do recall that. I remember. I, I directly remember like seeing that and like uh <laughs> reaching out to a contact at at, at, at Ghost Core and Sony, and like really, like but it, it, is, really, this is how <laughs> this is how we're doing it, and yeah, this is. This is it. This is Muncher. <laughs> uh, okay. I, okay, I guess. It's
0: kind of interesting because it was just like we didn't get, even get like a special Ghostbusters episode of MasterChef in the United States, but they did in Spain.
1: <laughs> We're going to go like tabulate all the numbers and like Spain was their biggest market all because of that.
0: Spain is massively into Muncher. You know, it's kind of like that the old stuff with... Um, Norm McDonald, where he used to say Germans love David Hasselhoff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they do. That's yeah, the thing. That know, Germans <laughs> do love David Hasselhoff. I love David Hasselhoff. Hey, don't ask I'm part German, by the way, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, really? With a name like Fitz Simmons? <laughs>
1: yeah. Surprising.
0: <laughs> well, I think we kind of talked about what's going on with this lenticular. Again, I do kind of want to just camp inside of one. I think that would be kind of fun.
1: Yeah ghostcore if you're listening to this i would like to make my jump uh from from ghostbuster personality to mr beast knockoff so if you guys (laughs) would like to send me ghostcore if you guys would like to send me one of these displays like and at the same time you could pay me money while you know every day i I live in it you could send me a thousand dollars it would kickstart my business you know just (laughs) yeah
0: yeah the final thing i want to say about this uh sort of batch of pieces of info about frozen empire that's come out in the last few days is that the uh, final comment that Kumail Nanjiani offered up was that he said, the danger is very real and the stakes are very high. That makes the comedy even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> and then said, everybody gets to be funny. So I, I love
1: it. That- He's like on the one hand, like the danger is very scary, but also this is a very funny movie. When you think about a horror comedy, there there's a lot out there. Right? I shouldn't even say horror comedy, but just a scary comedy. There's a lot out there. Um, but it is it is kind of weird for Ghostbusters to be kind of framed in that way. Even when I hear about the original eighty four film, and again, people being scared, uh, you know, of the the library lady, or you know, Vigo the Carpathian in eighty nine, or what have you. Um, it always strikes me as weird because I I always think of Ghostbusters as a straight up comedy. So when somebody says horror comedy or you know it just it, it feels weird for me I remember going back in like rental stores and finding Ghostbusters in the horror section it was like really like <laughs> no 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 Bill Murray next to like Kane Hodder and Friday the 13th nah
0: I have to say that when I watched it as a child mm-hmm. and I was four years old when it came out right like I saw it in a drive-in at four years old I was definitely scared of the terror dogs And Mm -hmm. I was definitely scared of the fridge. Um, That was one of those things that resonated Mm -hmm. with me was the the spooky fridge in Dana's apartment glowing and, you know, shaking. Well, for whatever reason, that was really scary to me as a kid. But I was four.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. It's like it's not overtly terrifying stuff. The most terrifying thing that probably happens in the first Ghostbusters is the moment when Dana is grabbed and pinned to the chair. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the most like truly violent thing you see happen in that movie, I think. And it is kind of unsettling to watch, but like aside from that, I'm not sure there's anything that's all that. I mean, like super scare factor, you know,
1: the only thing that sticks out for me that actually got me as a kid was the slime in the tub from Ghostbusters two. That was one Mm -hmm. of those moments that stuck with me for a while. Like I have vivid memories of being a kid and uh, well I do <laughs> I, I've got vivid memories of me being a kid and like my mother like yelling at me because I would take any pink shampoo and just unload it into the like and I would like I would then like pour water on it because I would you know I would try and stretch it out a bit you know get get a little more pink slime um, but then when I ran out of like shampoo I'd go and I'd be like okay do we have any like dishwashing liquid that's pink let me buy that in there and then I would just you know I'd strip down and get into my tub um, <laughs> but I never thought of it as like Again, I never really thought of it as like a horror film. There, there was things that 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 was really the big moment that stuck out to me. I had no problem with Vigo. I had no problem with Terror Dogs. You know anything like that. It was really just that that tub was the one thing that really stuck out for me. But um, I don't know. I, I I'm I am again. I am really curious as to what we're going to see with the film. I'm curious as to exactly how they're going to amp up the scares and how they're going to balance things getting scarier, but also more hilarious at the same time.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I like, mean, this looks like the most intense like version of a Ghostbusters movie we've seen. It feels like a nineties disaster film. Uh, and then, so I'm kind of excited to be like, where does the humor fit in that? But like, if you think about Jurassic park in a way, Oh yeah. Like, that's a movie that's very intense and all the comedy beats in that movie are very memorable and really great. Like Jeff Goldblum in that movie is outstanding because he's a series of like one liners and quips. Right. So
1: I mean, I mean, that's a perfect example of of, you know, that action, scary comedy like Jurassic Park is is that, Um, you know, then you have other films out there that they were more grounded in in horror and then they added comedy into it. You know, things I think of is, you know, things like and this is, again, more horror rather than something that's just scary. But you've got things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where the first one is regarded as like one of the, the scariest films of all time. When <laughs> right. you have the second one and like Leatherface is running around. And he's like gyrating with the, you know, chainsaw at <laughs> his crotch. Um, and, and, and another thing too with me, I, I want to bring it up because Ghostbusters 2 is my favorite film. It's my favorite Ghostbusters movie. It's my favorite film of all time. And I'm kind of a sequel guy in the respects that when it comes to Gremlins, Gremlins 2 is my favorite Gremlins. Gotcha. And it's another one where that first movie, a lot darker. A lot creepier yes there are some funny beats in it but that second one just amps it up all the way and you do kind of lose that horror element to it there is still some very crazy visuals uh like that you know gremlin spider and such like that but um you know there is that big drastic change and it's so weird to hear that it's inspired by real ghostbusters but at the same time having it teetering in this darker direction seemingly but at the same time but again at the same time you've got those real ghostbusters episodes like collect call cthulhu that dived into those, you know, really creepy moments that if they were taken to the big screen, you know, Psalm Hain, Boogeyman, um, it could totally work. So, yeah, um, yeah. anticipation. Yeah. That's what I got. It makes me very interested.
0: I mean, I'm always interested in Ghostbusters stuff to begin with, but I think that, like, I've been thinking about how I feel about this movie versus Afterlife. And. That one, I was like, I think I had a lot riding on it because the pandemic happened. It was delayed mm. and it was kind of like getting back to normal was getting to the Ghostbusters movie we were, all, we were all waiting for. But it also had this very big, like emotional weight of, um, I don't know, sort of like continuing or closing out something that I had been waiting for for decades. Right. Another Ghostbusters story that the closest thing I had to it was a video game that many of us had just accepted as a movie, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like this is yep, this would have, what that movie would have been if they made that movie and here it is. It's just a video game now. Um, but this time around I have a lot more intrigue and excitement about what is to come. That's new, not what I need to see. That's like, I wonder what happened to my old characters. And probably my exception to that is Slimer, right? He's the one <laughs> thing I didn't get in the last movie to know what happened to him. So to find out more about him is really intriguing to me and I'm stoked about it. So um, I can't yeah. wait for this
1: movie. I mean, the way they kind of did it, I think we're going to look back on it after Frozen Empire comes out. Comes out, we're going to look back on Afterlife. We're going to look back on Frozen Empire, and I think we're really going to like see that the way they did it in terms of okay, let's introduce the the you know the main characters. Well, not really introduce, but you know bring them back a little bit, like you know Bill and Peter, Ray, Winston, what have you. Introduce these new characters, the Spanglers family, tie up Egon's you know loose ends. Do that first, and then we bring back arguably the biggest character, which is New York City. Right. In in the you know, yep. in the next one. And we've already got everything established now with, you know, the, the main cast. We can add a little bit more spice in there with uh Kumel and uh, you know, everybody else, Patton and such. Um I, I, I think that uh definitely Gil and Jason, they they had a long term plan, at least in mind. You know, it wasn't the thing where it was like, like we'll do afterlife and then we're gonna you know, if it does well, we're going to do the next one. I almost feel like there was that groundwork there where that concept was definitely in there. You know, if it does well, we'll do the next one, but they had a good idea as to where they were going to jump from if they got that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it gives me a sense that these movies were kind of planned together, you know, Mm -hmm. they's not in a sense of like, they were all shot in the same period of time necessarily, uh, (laughs) like a back to the future kind of thing you know, but that there's a a definite definite glue that's going to stick us all together in a way that I think makes a lot of sense. So I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with it next. And you know what we're going to get in terms of additional reveals as we get closer to it, but you're not wrong. You said a few minutes ago that like, we're basically three months away from this thing. You know, if the movie's releasing in the fourth week of, of March, right. We're in the second week of December at this point. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're looking probably at like three months and two weeks and don't forget the February is
1: short. So, I mean, all the, uh, all the marketing still says coming soon though. So that's unsettling.
0: But I thought that they had confirmed <laughs> a date like in Japan. I they thought had. that was the, sort of a global release date had been announced uh, of some sort.
1: Yeah, I mean, things can always change, but you're, you're, you are right. I mean, that was one thing <laughs> who reported that Ghostbusters news. I don't know. Um, Yeah. <laughs> That is is one thing. I thought you said this. Why are you not telling us the truth now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they doubled down on that, especially with like the uh, dark horse comic, uh, coming out two days before the movie's supposed to hit theaters. Like they've got a pretty good indicator. This thing is coming out in March. And I feel like with, uh, where everything was moved around, like with Spider-Man getting moved around and everything like that, like it's gotta hit that. Like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's pressure from Sony where it's like, you guys need to get this out for that and I feel like at the same time too it's kind of a good almost like a perfect storm where yeah they're filming a little more than three months away from release but they did have that extra time during the strike and everything for you know Jason and Gil to go in and get those early cuts done you know to see exactly okay this is what we need this is what we can kind of start working on they had that time to kind of at least you know add add that extra sizzle to the film
0: yeah um I think that it's going to be a great picture when it comes out, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, and I hope that everything else that happens to put it together goes smoothly, so we do see it on time and everything in March, uh, with all of its components and things intact. That we we hope to see them. So um, we'll keep our fingers crossed that everything stays on the level in terms of production timeline. Although I can't again, I can't imagine that they would have announced, you know, the Japan release date and yeah. sort of the the comic book like you're saying in the same way. I did mention this last week, and i Um, wonder what you think about it. I think that the comic book is probably going to have to be some sort of standalone story that you won't need to go into this movie because it's going to release over four months or or four issues, right? Yeah. The first of those issues is going to drop the 27th. So you're not going to have the whole story told to you before you can potentially go in and to watch the movie. So it's kind of like they exist together but whether or not they need to exist together is questionable, you know? So is it potentially, is there potential they could push this maybe, but it probably means at this point, pushing dates like globally and making a lot of changes to do it. So I imagine yeah, the and they that, can of stay on track uh, at this point
1: to me. I mean the comic, they're going to play it smart. It's, it's just going to be extra filler for the hardcore fans. Um, yeah. I feel like they're going to have this out. I feel like around the time spirits unleashed, it's probably going to do some type of an event that's going to tie itself to that, not Canon, but it'll tie itself to that. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of those things where if fans want more story, if fans want more narrative, it'll be there. But by no means necessity to enjoy Frozen Empire.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and speaking of Spirits Unleashed, since you brought it up, that uh, kind of gives us an opportunity to talk for a second about Ghostbusters video games, where the really short news this week is that if you're listening to the podcast on the day it comes out, then today's the day that the holiday sweater will become available in Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which I had reported last week was an array of sweaters because I didn't pay enough attention uh, to your coverage, which way to go on doing a better job at covering things than I do. <laughs> but um, you pointed this out that actually most of the sweaters won't be out uh, until after the holiday because yeah, of it, a glitch over at Elphonic.
1: It's kind of funny. If you, if you look at the market, well, actually, they deleted the, uh, <laughs> the, the post. Uh, the original marketing for the game, um, they showed off a Slimer and Stay Puft Marshmallow Man sweater. And that's what they were, like, using to advertise the the live stream, the Twitch stream. Right. And wouldn't you know what about it beforehand? All those posts get deleted, kind of a head scratcher. And then they post one of just a very generic sweater, just a Ghostbuster wearing just... It's, it's your standard, you know, I don't know, Walmart holiday sweater. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it turns out that I'm assuming there was an issue. They probably... I don't know the exact reasoning. They probably just submitted the wrong update to, to, you know, to Microsoft, right. Sony, what have you there. I, I don't really know the exact story, but I know Albert uh, from Ilphonic during their live stream, he said it was, he, he kind of said it was a little bit of an oopsie and he just said it, they encountered an issue while trying to release the holiday event. But yeah, we're going to get the first initial sweater and then the other, what is it, other five, they're going to come at a later date, most likely after Christmas is yeah. what's been said. I would imagine
0: um, given that they have announced that Elphonic will be on break as of December 16th through the end of the year. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. With this coming out on the 13th, I don't imagine we're going to get another update within the, by the end of the week to no, fix it, no, you know?
1: No, I, I do like the fact though that, um, out of the sweaters, I do want to state that it's not the exact same design, but there's one sweater that's tan and red that gives me Kevin McAllister hat vibes from home alone. <laughs> And I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I'm looking at it now and it does look like that. It's in no way the same design. Like when I first saw it, I'm like Kevin McAllister. And then I compared the hat to the shirt and I was like, oh, it's not the same. But still, to me, it's the Kevin McAllister sweater. And that's awesome. I I, I just I want to make Kevin now in the game. Just running around and, you know, the sticky (laughs) bandits, the wet bandits. Um, Hey,
0: what we really need now is a Home Alone game built on the same engine. Right, this, oh, that'd be so good. It would be kind of fun, right? You could set traps and things, just like the ghost can, and that would be good. Elphonic, if you're listening, this is the next license to go chase.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's so perfect. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Yeah, you could play as the wet bandits, like on the other side of it. I used to play all the like every Home Alone game that's ever been released. I've played like even like the horrible imported like PS2 Home Alone game. <laughs> I played every one. Um, I, I, I have such fun memories. They were horrible, but I have such fun memories, yeah. uh, especially of the NES version. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it's need so an bad, asym- but <laughs> oh, so bad, but like putting the squares down that are, you know, here's a square and it's a spider and then Harry and Marv like trip on it and they just flatten out. They just convulse into the ground and you know, they're like a pancake. <laughs> I, I need an asymmetrical game of home alone now. That sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you, but like it actually is built for that. You could like even have like all the kids, even the crappy ones, you know, you could have like Kevin and Alex remember number three. <laughs> and after that, my mind kind of goes hazy on the Home Alone kids. But the other ones, all I know is that if you play as Kevin,
0: your mm-hmm. ultimate is that you summon the old man with the shovel. And good. he just just comes in and clobbers everybody with the shovel.
1: <laughs> you could, and maybe beforehand, like as you're waiting in the lobby, like you're there and you like, you can shoot, like, I don't know how you'd play it. Like it would just be Kevin alone. Yeah. It'd have to be Kevin alone and it'd be the yeah. wet bandits. So I think as Kevin, what you can also do is you're preparing and the family hasn't left yet. So like you could give fuller Pepsi and like, <laughs> you can like pee everywhere upstairs so like when they break in, like they're like, they're tripping and everything. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. But yeah, you could
0: said love. Them. I mean, it would be weird to have four wet bandits, but I mean, you can make it work. You know, it's fine.
1: Uh, Humble, Home Alone 3. They had they had. Uh, four oh, yes. That. Yeah. I under, Underrated Home Alone. I just want to say
0: <laughs> it's a totally different I, family,
1: isn't it? You know what? To, uh, Yeah, his name is, I think his name is Alex Pruitt. It took place in Chicago. Like, I'm like, how I'm playing like all like coy about this. Like, yeah, I think it's this, but like, I totally know. Like it takes place in Chicago. Right. And like one of the bad guys name is Burton Jernigan. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I love, I love home alone three. It's great. What I'm
0: hearing you say is that you'll be starting a new domain soon called home alone com, And, uh, that's where I can find all
1: of the latest (laughs) and greatest headlines about home alone. God, that news would be so sad. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even watch the last one that was like on Disney Plus. I, I know Buzz was in it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Home Alone 3, un- underrated, such a good film. Um, that's another f- film series where I think the second one is the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I will, I will say that part of the reason I think that's important is because of a reason you said that Ghostbusters is important as the characters earlier, which is that New York is a character in Home Alone 2. And the house is far more like a setting in Home Alone 2. It's not really a character, you know?
1: But, yeah. yeah. Turtle doves. You know? Duncan's (laughs) Toy Store. Oh, man, that big cheese pizza. I do wonder how kids
0: react to that movie today if they watch that and then they go out in New York City and they see poverty and they see people living in tents and they're like, I just need to give people turtle doves. It'll
1: be fine. It'll be okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. Well, We got
0: on home alone, but it's fine because it's extra. Sometimes the extra and extra plasm is the extra stuff we talk about that <laughs> is not Ghostbusters, but it's fun to talk about. So
1: the ding dang uh, dong hotel. <laughs> uh,
0: now I do. I know. I now I think, I think that asymmetrical home alone idea is a good one. Somebody's going to take so- it and run with it. I'm going to make no money.
1: Uh, Catherine but, O'Hara DLC pack. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: my God. That's awesome. Uh, there's got to be a bonus level where you get to ride around in the back of the R- R- rider truck with the polka band. And, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody polka. make this now.
1: <laughs> John candy. i
0: We didn't have enough video game news. So we just invented some video games instead. And that's you know good. what happened
1: then? We started a new trend because where horror became asymmetrical he would then just be a John Hughes asymmetrical series like Breakfast Club. <gasps> oh my God. All of his movies would work so well. But what's funny is that you have to flip them all
0: in a way, right? Like you have to in the asymmetrical version of, um, of Home Alone, Kevin is the protagonist, whereas like in Ghostbusters, the yeah. ghost is arguably the villain, right? He's like the, mm-hmm. ba- the, the bad thing, even though it's not. It's just the way you can play the game. But like in the breakfast club <laughs> now you're dealing with like the four kids but mm-hmm. they can't be in this case they can't go defeat the principal they have to not get caught they have to like try and run around the school and they can their ultimate is they can summon the janitor <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know the actually it's, it's funny because you're like you know they're flipping flipping it did you know in the last home alone one of the things i do know about it because um it starred the girl that played Kimi Schmidt? From Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, such Ellie a Kemper. lover. Yeah. Such a oh she's a just also a of the darling office. of a lady. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean I'm break unbreakable Kimmy <laughs> Schmidt. Um but in that movie, her and uh the, the other criminal, you know, they're breaking in the house, uh, they kind of give it a story where they're they're cr- like they're breaking in, but they're not bad. You know, like they're trying to get this doll, and you know, it was just a weird thing. It was a weird turn of events where they're bad, but they're not bad. So I don't know. Maybe you can do that. You know, maybe, maybe (laughs) Harry and Marv don't want to like smash Kevin's face in with the with an iron in the new one. You know, maybe he's just, he's looking for his teeth. He's back and that's all he wants to find. He just wants to find the gold tooth he lost. Yeah, that's it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very valuable and has sentimental value to him and he has to get it. Yeah.
1: There you go. (laughs) You call the pizza boy. You could put on that television tape of like the old gangster movie. Oh man.
0: These would be all Whoa. the traps you could lay, as opposed to leaving little minions and things, right? You could just possess the television, except it's not possessing; it's just setting it up and setting the trap. So, somebody telling you, if not Elfonics, somebody go make this video game and then figure out how I get a cut because it was a really good idea. <laughs> Jason, too. The look,
1: the look what you did, you little jerk! DLC pack. Oh.
0: Yes, I love it. It's the little Nero's pizza uniform that you get that you can then wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a costume pack that goes that you can download. This is all good. Um, I I do enjoy that we spent more time talking about a potential Home Alone video game that doesn't exist than we actually did. <laughs> Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, but there's not really much more, more to talk about with that. It's just well, you know, I mean, Elderly the
1: phonic. So. they're they're going to do Spirits, and then eventually they'll move to Killer Clowns, and then after that they're going to need, need another idea. And yeah. and why not a John Hughes video game series?
0: Yeah. And then after that, just to spin the wheel entirely, and because they're working on a sequel potentially, because Dan Aykroyd said so, trading places, the video game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the big merch news for the week, because I mean, it's if you missed out on a HasLab two in the box, then you missed out on it, because it's over. Um, we have successfully managed to back the Ghostbusters HazLab for the Ghost Trap and the PKE Meter. And the uh, final numbers on that were over like 24,000 people who got in on that. I think you're, you, you reported it was 24,361 backers. Well, I uh, mean, I
1: copy and paste it from the Hasbro Pulse website, but OK, sure.
0: Well, let's go look at that while we're, ta- while we're sitting here, because one of the things you mentioned was that uh, those numbers could shift based off of accurate
1: and failed payments. But that number is still what they have up. Yeah, like if the proton pack was in the indicator from last year, like that thing shifted, I want to say like about a thousand like 500 to a thousand. Like it was a, it was a pretty hefty amount there. Um, and I've already seen like quite a few people like message me like, Hey, when did they take the payments out? You know? And it was like, I, I got mine taken out at 1am this morning. Yeah. You know? Mine was
0: like, done. Like I backed two in the end. I will admit, I mm-hmm. said, I wasn't going to, so everyone out there listening who said, you said you weren't going to do that. I did say that, but I took two in the box and turned it four into two boxes. And that's the deal. So um, I decided to back a second one in the last thirty <laughs> minutes of the campaign because uh, I went. T- if you, it's a duplicate. Two in
1: the name. box. I oh, don't two. know. If that's I took two in the box. Uh, two in the box, and then I turned into four into two boxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So you, so you took four in the boxes is what you're saying.
0: Uh. Well, in my boxes, yes. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So, <laughs> I've got now two of these sets coming, uh, and I pre-ordered the last one with thirty minutes left on the clock because my insides were like, you're actually going to carry this. Like you're going to want to actually carry it because you have the belt hangers and yeah. you have the stuff. And so whereas your Maddie trap and stuff, you were like, I'll just leave it at home and not carry it. You'll actually want to carry this. So you just get a second one in case it gets dropped and broken because mm-hmm. you will feel mad later if you have to get it at resale. So I'm a sucker who decided back a second one. <laughs> I admit it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I got a second one. I got to say though, your logic is a lot better than mine. Uh, cause I'm just stupid and I'm just like, you know what? It's got <laughs> ghostbuster two rods on it. I want to display both. <laughs> so I'm like the walking embodiment of like Waylon Smithers of just like, she's got a new hat. Um, yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's why I got it. I, I want to have a ghostbusters trap and a ghostbusters two trap of the same style next to one another. Yeah, that's it. I,
0: I totally get that. Um, and, and the reality is that in my case, I, uh, imagine that, I looked at my partner the other day and I said, uh, you know, we have the second proton pack and now we're going to have a second set of equipment. Like you realize you're allowed to carry that equipment if you ever Mm -hmm. want to. And she was like, "Oh, maybe. Okay. And I was like, wow. All right, great. Maybe we'll go do something together as opposed to her just carrying around a spirit Halloween PKE meter. So
1: 24,361. What were the numbers on the proton pack? Do you remember? I know it totally thrashed it. Um, we have got a grand total of 19,062. Yeah.
0: So you got more of those and it could be because more people bought more than one for the same reason I'm sort of talking about of like,
1: you got to have one to have and one to keep well, safe. Well, I mean, it, but price wise, you, know. you got to think price wise, um, it's a hundred bucks cheaper. Yeah. That's one thing. And also to the fact too, that I think as weird as it sounds, some people were kind of thrown off with a proton pack. Like the more casual was thrown off. Like, wait a minute, I need to buy a new one with this. Like right. I need to buy an extra item. Well, this was just all contained, and not only was it all contained, it felt like he got a deal. You know, two in the yeah. box.
0: I was saying this week that uh, that if you really get down to the price of a proton pack, it wasn't just a hundred dollars more expensive because you no. did need that neutrona wand, right? So it was like realistically, you were spending what was it, four forty nine? I think for the um, or three ninety nine with four forty nine mm-hmm. with the shipping by the time you were done and the tax. So you're spending about four hundred and fifty bucks plus tat with tax and shipping to get the thing to you. But then you still needed to get a wand, which was going to cost you like at least another hundred bucks for the wand. So you're up to like five fifty, five seventy five with tax and shipping on both. So, you know, like the cost of two of these was the, essentially the same as buying a pack.
1: is part of how I parsed it out. I think the other thing too is that uh, I mean, with with the Proton Pack, Hasbro showed what they can do. Like they yeah. released something that is con ready. I mean. Y- sure if you want to you know you want to add the alice frame to me the alice frame is the only real necessary upgrade but even that is questionable at best you know (laughs) like you don't need to do that but to me that's that's my must-have that's my go-to upgrade um but everything else i mean that thing's con ready and everything i'm seeing from the pke pke and the ghost trap aside from possibly wanting to add like a you know a smoker inside the ghost trap right i can't think of any other alterations
0: yeah i i kind of agree i think that they seem pretty good to go out of the box. My one limitation to that will be we'll see how long they run for. One of those things that I think you probably do need for a HasLab proton pack for cons is a keep alive because yeah. you yeah. do have that like whatever it is, 32 second timeout or I can't even remember how long it is at this point. But I think that this is a really cool thing that they got done. I am regretful to hear that Hasbro is going to lay off eleven hundred workers at the holiday season right after this very successful HasLab. Uh, which has been announced this week, which is kind of a bummer. But. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's definitely. I mean, it's awkward timing on on reporting, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um. But we got to keep in mind. I mean, the, I know I saw some people like, how could they do this when the you know the two in the box was so successful? The HasLab business, I mean, the Hasbro Pulse business is so much of a small fraction as to what Hasbro actually does. Like there Absolutely. is so many more things. You know. Yeah, uh, they're just not your traditional six-inch, seven-inch figures, and these Haslabs. There is so much more that they do.
0: Oh, agreed. I, I 100% agree with you, and it's even beyond figures. I mean, I think the people yeah. sometimes forget that, like Hasbro's the company that makes Play-Doh. Hasbro's the company that makes My Little Pony. Hasbro's the company that makes all kinds of board games and stuff, right? Like they own, uh, you know, like Clue. <laughs> so it's they have a lot that goes on that has nothing to do with action figures in terms of profitability and what have you. Um, but I was a little, it was kind of like almost bittersweet. It was like, Oh, look at this. It's great. Like they did a great job of releasing this campaign, but also some people are going to maybe go home for Christmas, not so happy. And I sincerely hope that none of those people worked on this Ghostbusters HasLab because they've done nothing but make people stoked, stoked and excited about this thing. Um, you know, since they started talking about it and they have a deep love and commitment to giving us props that we all are very happy with. And that's one of the things I'll say about the HasLab that it makes me feel a little bit different from say the Maddie collector era is that Mm -hmm. the folks who are making the Haslab show a lot more passion and commitment to what they're doing uh, than say what Mattel was doing when they were trying to put out those props. Like there was a club and there was a thing to be a part of, but there was like one guy who was kind of the face of it who, you know, we kind of knew was toy guru and you didn't get to see this team of people who are working on developing this thing. And I kind of joked when that video came out, teasing, you know, that there was going to be a has lab that I was like, we don't need to see all these people in the background who are, you know, potentially just kind of work there. Why do I care about the security guard guy? But like, they put a lot of heart into this. There's clearly yeah. like a lot of interest and a lot of commitment. And as much as I kind of critiqued the marketing campaign and how it was done, I don't think that anybody who works at Hasbro who worked on this project is somebody who doesn't care about Ghostbusters in some way, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely like a commitment there. Uh the times that I've been able to talk to uh the Hasbro Pulse team, like the ones that directly work with, you know, the Ghostbusters brand, um, they're they know they're on it. They, you know, yeah. they know the details. Um they you can definitely tell they strive for every little thing that's on there. You know, whether or not it's an extra penny, five cents, ten cents, what have you for this extra pain app, you know, if they if they know that it's gonna be pivotal for somebody like ordering if it's gonna be pivotal it's gonna be it's gonna be you know important for somebody they're likely gonna do it um or at least they're likely gonna ask for the okay from their superiors for that um yeah they're they're fantastic i i could not i i do not have a a crossword uh with any of them
0: i have to also think
1: mattel on the other hand let me tell you
0: (laughs) where is my (laughs) one sixth or my 112 ecto one where is it where is it i have still mattel
1: Mattel, uh i mean but we obviously have reveals coming up when it comes to Frozen Empire. We're definitely going to get some things, and that new—I mean, the updated Ecto One—it is rather toyetic. And uh, I know we're all waiting to add one into our collection, so I, I think it's uh, pretty apparent that we'll see something come out from from Hasbro.
0: I'm yeah. I mean, I'm making the joke because Mattel never delivered ours. You know, the sort of the hey, back the Ecto One, the Club Ecto campaign that never happened. And well, been, I mean, you know,
1: th- they had a problem with figuring out how to make it roll.
0: But it really it was rolls. one of their selling that points. That was one of the selling points. But I mean, jokingly, we're joking about this, but like I have been saying for I don't know how long that I need a 112 Ecto-1 that I can put my five and a half and six inch figures into and that feels real. And so I, so I hope that that's like if, it's, if there's something else coming from Hasbro, I really hope that that's on the list of things. But we do know that as a result of the positive outcome of this HasLab, we ended up with the ghost trap the PKE meter, all of the stretch goals that happened, and then we got even a, a bonus stretch goal at the end that they uh, announced that we were getting uh, a plastic ID card that goes on a lanyard mm-hmm. theoretically that you can supply I think you supply your own lanyard for this, but um, <laughs> you can then swipe your way in out of the GB engineering lab that you're going to build in your house to go along with this so yeah
1: can i can I add that for anybody who is angry? Over this unlock. Stop. I had like legit people like angry like oh all it is is like a patch and a card. Hasbro did not need to do this. They were. After (laughs) that Adam Savage video they were already guaranteed. What they got. You know what they ended up at the 24,000. To think that anybody signed up. to, To think that anybody like this patch was like the selling point. It wasn't. This is a thank you from Hasbro. You know to the fans. Right. So. Come the next time around, you know, when it comes to the next HasLab, hopefully, um, fans are going to remember that. And yeah, I, no reason to hate on Hasbro for you know for not giving you another physical. I don't, I don't even know what else they would give you. Like, I don't either. You know, melted mini puffs. That's the only thing I kind of feel like we kind of should have <laughs> gotten. Maybe you know they could have carried the trend whenever they do a HasLab. We get a new form of the mini puffs. But um, for the extras that are here, considering the props that they are, I I've got no complaints. None. I mean, I have
0: like, I was thinking about this today that like I'm going to have so much more functionality out of this than I do my Maddie props for the simple fact my Maddie, you know, not my PKE maybe, but like out of my trap for sure. by the simple fact, like I have something to hang it off of, mm-hmm. like, and it's designed to go with it. It's not like I've got to figure out some rig that's going to work and figure out how to affix a V hook to the bottom of a thing and change it such that I've modified it forever. Like. I don't have to do any work. There's, there's no. literally no work to do. It's just like literally take a thing out of a box and enjoy it, which is really something that in our fandom, I think happens very infrequently. I think there's a lot of folks who buy a thing. And the first thing we're inclined to do is to figure out how to start modifying it, whether it's the proton pack, whether it's, uh, you know, different traps, spirit, Halloween traps and different things and re weathering them. Like the fact that I'll be able to take this out of a box and just be like, boom, I can hang it on my belt and be happy and use it at my next con I go to It really excites me. Uh, so obviously I won't get to do that till fall when it actually ships, we got a year to wait until we see them. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's okay. We got something to look forward to. It's good.
1: So, um, any other comments about the Hazlab? anything else you want to add? Um, no, I'm, I'm just, I mean, it's amazing that, uh, you know, it did cross 24,000 that it was, uh, you know, it it uh, it was already from the get go. Like those first three days, once it finally you know hit that initial ten thousand goal to get get funded, I mean it was already on track to beat the Proton Pack, and yeah, uh, thankfully that Adam Savage video was there and it kind of gave it that added boost. Um, I am curious to see if either the PKE or Ghost Trap will get any upgrades in Frozen Empire, which will then in turn mean for five six months people are going to be already like three D organ like you know, making their <laughs> own three D files, getting ready for the release. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope they ship early like the Proton Pack did. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we're talking Hasbro, uh, you talk board games, Hasbro makes Ouija boards. Can we get like a Ghostbusters Ouija board? Yeah, that'd be cool. If there's anything, you know what I, I want to just mention right here. I find it funny, (laughs) you know, Ouija boards, evil people kind of say that I always, I always like when people get like worked up over a Ouija board and it's a Ouija board made by Hasbro. (laughs) <laughs> you know like if it's like a wood ouija board from like your great grandparents like i'd be like okay i'm a little freaked out by that but like if it's like a hasbro made ouija board we're not going to be summon you know the the seventh layer demon with that thing so <laughs> i don't know why I, I just wanted to add that in there and yeah ghostbusters ouija board that that feels like a, a tie-in
0: yeah i i can see that i'd be i'd be cool with that i've um i've thought about this that there's some different ways that they could market Uh, some other Ghostbusters tie-ins. Like, I think that would have been a better board game tie-in than like Monopoly. You know, um, they they have Monopoly. It's fine. It's but it's Monopoly,
1: Monopoly. Clue. You know,
0: you know. But Ouija board, you're not. That's that's actually not a bad idea.
1: But but I mean, Ouija's not a game, right? Like you're just you're just no. It's an it's an
0: interactive thing to do. You know, you're just trying to scare people with it. That's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But
0: I mean, I don't know who actually takes it seriously as being somehow tied to the devil at this point, but. You Someone know. is
1: writing in the comment section right now. Like, yeah, you guys don't know my great niece. She got possessed because we played Hasbro. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we brought this ghost trap
0: on wheels and it had Satan inside. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a joke that just keeps on giving. Beyond the HasLab, the other merch news to talk about real quick, uh, the Tubbs vinyl figures are getting re-released, uh, which you reported mm-hmm. on, on the 7th, uh, with new, some new packaging to them. I have to admit that I am completely unfamiliar with the Tubbs rubber duckies, Ghostbuster guys, um, but you've reviewed these, right?
1: I've reviewed some of them, not the whole lot, but, you know, I've taken a look at some. Uh, yeah, initially when, they're, when these are released, they're released in Tubbs. Get it? Yes. Like Again, they're in okay, little good.
0: bathtubs or whatever, right? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah. You got like uh, the bottom, of it, which is usually branded. So like for the Ghostbusters, it looks like a green bathtub has the Ghostbusters title on it. And then the top half is just uh, pretty much like a window box that you just kind of snap on. And that's how they're initially packaged. And over the past year, I want to say they've kind of been getting more into that like Funko trend with like the window box and, you know, more of your traditional vinyl collectible. And they've already done Stay Puft and Slimer in the style. And when it comes to the original four Ghostbusters, Peter, Ray, Egon, Winston, they've been a little more difficult to track down, at least at like standard MSRP, especially Egon. Gotcha. So this is a great chance for people who missed out on that first run. They can grab Egon now at his, you know, once again, his MSRP pricing. Um, you get the whole set now at a nice price. And at the same time, too, you can get them all with uh, matching boxes now. So, um, yeah, I pretty pretty cool um i'm still waiting for them to do janine in that style uh and it's either this month or next month but they have a uh, like a mini two inch tall stay Puft marshmallow man tubs also getting released so yeah they've got like a lot of stuff in the in the works and i mean numbskull they've also that's the same company that they're doing the uh, quarter scale arcade as well gotcha. next year so like those guys are, are just running without license right now so i'm kind of curious to see what they they cook up uh, as we get closer to uh to frozen empire
0: I think the weirdest thing about the Tubbs figures is that mm-hmm. all of the Tubbs figures are ducks, right? All of them are in the shape of a duck. The Stay yeah. puffed is a white duck that has, like, a duck bill and a duck face. But mm-hmm. then the Slimer one is, like, Slimer, but it has <laughs> a duck head hanging out of its mouth. <laughs> so it you looks know why? like Slimer is eating <laughs> the duck.
1: <laughs> but you know why? Why? These are cosplaying ducks. I see. They're not the characters. They're like, they're not the characters as ducks. They're ducks that are cosplaying as the characters. <laughs> so you think about the Slimer costumes out there, typically your head's coming out of the mouth, right? <laughs> so strangely, it's, it's, it's pretty accurate. But the duck
0: has no feet and it has no wings because it's completely contained inside of the Slimer, right? So it looks like it's being consumed by Slimer. And this is kind of the figure I want the most because I'm like, I just want people to ask me why I have a duck being eaten by Slimer.
1: (laughs) You know, honestly, the standout of that line to me is the Janine Melnitz because like they gave her like her sassy glasses her earrings. Yes. But they gave her like, like leg hose, like her hosiery (laughs) on her leg. And it it just rides up on the back end of her tail. It's so weird. (laughs) But the fact they included it. Yeah. just so good so good well this is definitely a an unique
0: line it's something that i have not collected thus far i have to admit um because i was like i don't necessarily understand the appeal of rubber ducks but i have to admit that i kind of really want this slimer that's eating a duck
1: <laughs> yeah they're I, I can see them being kind of a hard sell for people <laughs> they're uh they're a little unique but uh, again for me the janine's great and i gotta say the large stay pup they released yeah, is quite the head turn. like cool. i was i was one of those weirdos that like picked up a bunch of the unbox industries japanese like ghostbuster figures like where the ecto-1 got turned into like a gundam and stuff like that um or you had like slimer with legs and those kind of weird figures so having a massive stay puff marshmallow man as a duck really yeah. fits in with those figures so it, it, it's definitely on my like my oddity shelf
0: yeah i um I think it's they're definitely fun. They're definitely pop well, and I'll say this for nine dollars or eight ninety nine a piece, like that's cheaper than a Funko Pop and way more unique and cool. <laughs> like I'm just say that. Like Funko Pops are all kind of look the same to the level of like I found out recently there was a service they put out called Pop Yourself, which is kind of like mm-hmm. the plasma or the plasma series um, or a selfie series thing Hasbro was doing, except way more rudimentary because it's just like hey, it's Funko Pops. We just Put something on the figures that all look the same, and that is a hallmark of you, and that's you now. So, um, yeah, for nine dollars, for eight ninety nine a piece, if you are interested in those, hop over to Ghostbusters News and use the link in Jason's story to pre-order them. That's the easiest
1: way to go find those. So, that said, though, if Funko added Ghostbusters uniforms like Ghostbusters torsos, I'd be all over their pop yourself thing. <laughs> Seriously, I think it's only a matter of time until they start doing like, you know, much like how Hasbro had their figures. Yeah. Licenses and everything. I think it's a matter of time. The
0: final piece of merch news we got to talk about. You and I have talked about in the past is this Bradford Exchange lamp um, Mm -hmm. that's coming out of Slimer. uh, That is really, I think, honestly, probably my favorite thing I've seen Bradford Exchange produce since the hoodie they made because I own that. And it's really nice quality and I really enjoy wearing it.
1: Uh, But they've they've been getting better like that that's the thing with those guys like they they released the there was an ecto one they released which it was rough compared Mm -hmm. to like what what else is out there um like the one i received there was like the windows were painted like it it was just painted black but there was like drips within the paint um the antenna uh looked rather erect i'll just say that (laughs) It was very questionable, um, but every, every like, release after that, whether it being the, uh, the levitating Slimer, whether it being the, uh, the, the big kind of um, like lamp display, uh, I think it's like a five footer, uh, everything has just been slowly getting better and better. And I think really with this one, uh, they have outdone themselves. I mean, if what they're showing right now is what we're going to be getting, uh, yeah, sign me up. I'm, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, I uh I'm really excited about this. I will admit that I have similar experience of I own the clock. The uh the cuckoo clock that's not really a cuckoo clock because it doesn't actually have any moving parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and my experience with the clock was that my trap handles have kind of bends to them and um, the uh when I know that many people have this issue that the way the especially the first run of them is wired, every time the Ghostbusters theme song plays every hour on the hour. There's a high pitched whine that plays along with it uh, because the lights and the, uh, uh, the speaker are all in the same circuit or something, and so it causes this issue. So I admittedly have not really used it very much. It sits in a box, and I probably would not, if people said to me like, "Should I get that firehouse clock?" I'd be like, oh, "I don't know. Take a look at the one you're going to get, maybe in hand at a store before you decide <laughs> to get one in the mail." But this lamp has had my eye on it like since. I first saw images of it because one it's Slimer and it glows and two, he's holding pizza. So, you know, the rules on this, like I'm immediately in, if it's, if it's Ghostbusters and pizza together, I have to be really compelled by
1: it. So, um, I'm going to add a third that, uh, is really baffling when it comes to Bradford exchange and, and I don't want to you know crap on them because I, there's quite a number of products they've released I've liked like I like that cuckoo clock. I knew coming in it wasn't going to cuckoo, um, but I knew what to expect so i was i was I was pretty pretty jazzed about it um, and I liked the levitating slimer. Some people had issues when it came to the image they used and what you actually received. Sadly, when it comes to a lot of like websites <laughs> like this with all these collectibles, you know what to expect yeah. and when it comes to that slimer, the image they were showing—and I'll totally admit it was quite misleading—the um, image they were showing looked like a one thousand dollar full scale slimer. Right. And to anyone that thought they were going to get that on like a scale where this thing was like three inches, four inches tall yeah, it was
0: like four inches or no, something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, you're you're not going to get that at all. Um, but I, it levitates. It does the job, and it's a cool like you know direct decoration piece. But to me. This one, though you know the, the 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 table lamp that's coming out. When it comes to the look, this is. I don't want to say my favorite sculpt, but it's got to be, in my top three when it comes to like officially licensed Slimer sculpts. Uh, I think this thing looks great. It definitely it harkens back to the uh, maquettes used in Ghostbusters too. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like it's pretty pretty much been. Based on maquettes from Ghostbusters too. Right. I don't want to say ripped off, but they definitely use that as uh, kind of their guide as to how to design Slimer. Um, but yeah, the, the actual look and design of this, like, I almost want to buy a second and like put him in a figure collection, even though that's ridiculous because this thing is like one hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> but yeah, this Slimer looks great.
0: Yeah, I'm i uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this for sure, and it's one of those things that's kind of funny. Um, my mother uh decided to reach out to my partner and said, hey, I'm looking for Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this clock? <laughs> and of course, Leah said, he already has the clock, um, so he doesn't need it. And I then called my mom and I was like, listen, I I don't need that clock, but just let me make clear, if you're looking at the Bradford Exchange website, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> there's a lamp of Slimer coming out that's not out yet but uh it, it is there it's it's a thing that exists if you really want to buy something from bradford exchange um and you've got a good video of it you know that you got from youtube up on youtube when you're got a first look at it that i think really illustrates that uh it uh, it holds up to the quality of what they're showing in the photo like that's what i really yeah. liked about seeing yours on video was i went oh no this is not like this is hey we got a run of these and they're gonna kind of look like this but they may vary in paint etc it's pretty spot on in terms of what you got sent uh, versus well, what got they were that, that
1: video is telling. not my video yet. That, that's the thing. That came from Bradford. So, Oh, is it? Um, I thought it was it's I, just one you posted. Sorry. just just one I posted from Bradford. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm hoping, though, it sounds like typically in the past with Bradford, like uh, Ghostbusters News, Bradford Exchange, we have a pretty good working relationship. Um, so I'm hoping that I can maybe get my hands on one a little beforehand, if not right at release. So for those that may be having you know questions or you know they're gonna kind of question, you know, just curious about the overall quality. Hopefully I can answer that. But uh yeah, i there's no doubt in my mind that I'm, you know, I'm I'm totally gonna be looking at this thing. I'm totally gonna review it, unbox it. Uh I'm 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 jazzed for it. And another another one I actually totally forgot to mention, uh, over the Halloween season, I took a look at their Glitter Globe, which mm, another yes. Bradford Exchange release that I thought they really kind of went that next level for. Uh, you got Stay Puffed on there. You got the Firehouse, the Ecto One Slimer. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just something where I don't know if they've kind of changed around who's looking over that mm-hmm. section, but my conversations with that company, um, you definitely have people that know a lot more about the brand now. Right. And you can definitely tell that there's you know, more of a passion there.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say, I do feel that, and I should say this, I do feel that my Firehouse clock was an early run. Like it was Mm -hmm. one of the first ones when it first came out, somebody bought it for me as a gift and then put it away. And it was like beyond the point where I felt like I could call and be like, this has got problems with it. Um, But I have seen others since then that don't have the same issues, you know, that don't squeal the same way. But I know that Chris Stewart's got the same issue where his makes a whining noise when it plays the theme song. He's mentioned it, but um, you know, I think that there is an an improvement on the QC and I'll say, I've said this already, their hoodie, As much as it costs a bunch of money because it's like a $100 hoodie, the embroidery work on it is really nice. And it's like really soft and one of my favorite hoodies that I own because it's not something I would have bought for myself because of the cost involved. And somebody gave it to me as a gift. And I've been incredibly grateful for it since because I never would have imagined that um, I could have looked at a hoodie and been like, yeah, that's worth $100. But that one is. Like it actually is something where, you know, if you put the money down on that hoodie, it's actually Durable and holds up and is really well made so um you know
1: there. that's the other thing too with bradford exchanges they are uh when it comes to their pricing i don't know what their uh <laughs> you know what their markup is how much they're taking home um but it it is the bradford exchange i mean this is the company that as a kid you know you'd get pamphlets in the mail and your family members would buy up like crazy exorbitant plates from and you'd go over to their home <laughs> and they would have it behind like, you know, in a China cabinet, right? Like, right. This is this is the same Bradford Exchange. So um, with that in mind, yeah, pricing is it's, it's usually a little higher up there. Yeah.
0: But once upon a but time, who I else did... is
1: making this stuff? You know, like if you want a Ghostbusters cuckoo clock, even though, it does, once again, it doesn't cuckoo. Who's making this stuff? Who's making five foot tall lamps? Who's making slimer themed yeah. lamps? Like if you want this stuff, these are the guys to go to.
0: Yeah, you're not you're not wrong about that. So, you're, especially if you're looking for high high-end collectibles and um that you know are authenticated and such in terms of having certificates of authenticity that uh are numbered, etc. So, uh that lamp is available for pre-order now uh over at Bradford Exchange. It releases, I believe, in March, right? March yes. 4th of 2024. So, right you pre-order the lamp Frozen now. Empire. You can have it in time for the movie. You can be like, I'm going to go and sit next to my lamp and wait for three weeks for the movie to come out.
1: (laughs) Also, Slimer's got a butt. I I, I should add that too. I was going to ask you
0: this before we wrapped up talking about this as as to whether or not you had a a booty rating so far, but
1: I mean right now, if I want to, like it's going to be, it's going to be a 10. Like this is going to be a fantastic piece. Uh, I mean, and the cool thing too, is not only is it a lamp, but like the shade glows in the dark too. Like, yeah, you know, like that's so cool. Glows like the ghostbusters logo. It's got the logo up top. There is like the, the screw for the shade too. Um, yeah. Branding I'm, all about, i I think my favorite thing about it honestly is like, it's a nice figurine, but the fact that he
0: glows along with the light bulb and the lamp is like, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Like you could probably put a black light lamp in there, like a black light Ooh. bulb in the actual fixture. And then mm-hmm. he's going to light up on his own. You can probably create some pretty spooky effects that way. So I might try that
1: action figure photography.
0: There you go. That's the deal. You get some glow in the dark slime. It's ultraviolet. Things get really spooky. So, um, well that sort of wraps up what we had to talk about this week in terms of news. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about things that are going on? Things you want to plug at Ghostbusters news?
1: Uh, nothing really immediate. I mean, obviously we kind of covered all the, uh, the big news stories over the past week. I mean, I think the big thing, though, is just to keep up to date, Uh, keep checking out Ghostbusters News, keep checking out Extra Plasm, uh, because obviously with uh, the teaser coming out just last month, now we got Slimer. uh, We are at that, that great kind of kickoff point of a film's marketing, and I would assume like a full length trailer. It's on the way soon. You know, we've got um, the Super Bowl coming up soon, too. So there's probably going to be some Ghostbusters, you know, something teaser wise or trailer wise kind of attached to that. So uh, it's going to be an exciting, uh, you know, next couple, I guess, next three months.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about what's coming ahead. And I want to suggest also people go and make sure they're taking a look at what you're putting out there regularly, because, you know, I mean, I joke about it, but like you are probably the most number, the number one source of Ghostbusters news such that you're incorporated and discussed in the headline segment of this show all the time. And I'm always very grateful for um, how much you help to support Extraplasm by promoting its release each week. Um, it's made a big impact on audience uh, in terms of the show and brought a lot of new people into it. And so I thank you very much for doing it because you're awesome. So beyond staying in touch with Ghostbusters news, uh, I think this is probably not the last time we're going to hear from you in 2023 on Extraplasm, If all of our plans come to fruition in the next couple of weeks, I think you'll be back for a holiday episode, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean that—that's the plan. We're gonna, I guess, uh, I don't know, fire up the old Yule log, have some eggnog, and uh, from what I hear, maybe watch a movie.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna do a commentary episode for the uh, Christmas week to put out on uh, the the movie *Scrooged*. Uh, for those of you out there who've never seen *Scrooged* for some reason, you totally will have an opportunity to sit down and watch it with us. But for those of you who know what it is, uh, then you probably know that that's a movie that features Bill Murray. And also features three ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future. And from my standpoint, that's a far enough connection. <laughs> Bill Murray, check Ghosts, check. Can we talk about it on extraplasm?
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, technically they they kind of winked at Ghostbusters. I remember like in the marketing for the film, right? Like that was yeah. like around the time of Ghostbusters, two and such. so uh yeah yeah no definitely definitely a uh a holiday favorite amongst ghostbusters fans really anybody who grew up you know in the 80s early 90s um yeah scrooge yeah. classic you got like a bunch of murray's brothers in the movie uh you got so such a great array of talent for that time uh, i'm i'm jazzed to watch yeah it. it's, it's been mean, a while Bob bobcat gulfwake yep oh,
0: look at Man. that both at the same time we're like remember that performance because it's great uh yeah and carol Kane's in it um, as one of the ghosts of, of Christmas, I think she's the ghost of Christmas present. I think, yes, I can't remember now. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. That's she, uh, she hits him in the face with a toaster, right?
0: Yes. Um, again, yeah. the connection to ghostbusters is a toaster in it and Bill Murray. So, <laughs> but to be real, uh, you know, to me, I look at this as being the extra and extra plasm. Sometimes we have the opportunity to talk about things above and beyond ghostbusters and that are kind of tangentially connected. And to be frank, last year, Chris Stewart and I did Xmas marks the spot. So that's kind of off the table for us to do this year. There's not really another Ghostbusters Christmas oriented product for us to talk about. So I I thought this would be a good thing to talk about. You don't have to make
1: excuses. You don't have to make excuses. I mean, mean, we're, we're definitely going to drop, you know, Ghostbusters talk. I mean, obviously how can we not when it comes to Scrooge? Um, yeah, but again, though, just, just a classic, classic holiday film. And, uh, again, Bill Murray, Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, she's not in it, but I'm just going to say Catherine O'Hara because I, I want to think about Catherine <laughs> O'Hara right now.
0: A, uh, no, Karen Allen on... is in the movie. Karen Growing Allen. Up,
1: I had such a crush on Ka- Catherine O'Hara.
0: Woo. <laughs> did you see that she showed up with Macaulay Culkin to do his walk of fame star? I did. I did. It's so nice. I was
1: she's like, she a, didn't.
0: She didn't forget about him this time.
1: No. no. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 she's a good mom. Yeah. Finally after all these years.
0: It's just a shame that they left him standing there at the at the star afterwards. Everybody else left and he was just standing there going, "I'm all alone." <laughs> <laughs> if these kinds of terrible jokes are the thing that you like, tune in for the holiday episode. <laughs> But in all seriousness, um, I'm excited to to be to have you back, uh, to do that commentary episode. It was a lot of fun to do the episode 46 commentary on Afterlife with you and Tony Taylor and uh, Tom Henry. So, uh, we'll get you and maybe some other fun, fabulous guests together, and we'll release yeah, that the week added, of Christmas. So
1: exactly, some added bodies here do a nice little watch along and everything. There is kind of like a weird, funny story. Uh, if we're, I mean, if we're talking about Scrooge, uh, you know, as as a kid. Uh, my mother, she, she kept the phone book away from me because what would happen is every time we got like a new phone book or what have you there, uh, do you remember the moment from Scrooge where they're trying to find like the A and P and he's yeah. like, it's in the phone book. It's under <laughs> A. If it's not there, then look under P. Um, I, I would quote that uh, way too much. Like if like company came over. I would take the phone book out and like they'd just be having dinner and I'd come into the room and be like it's in the phone book and yeah like <laughs> it was like my favorite line growing up as a kid I never even understood it like I didn't really even know what the a and was <laughs> but uh yeah it was just it was something that stuck with me and that's like the one big line uh from that movie it's a good uh, question this, do you know what an A&P is now I know what an A&P is now we don't have them up here in Canada but I totally know what an A&P is here now okay
0: well, I mean, they yeah. are also like, wa- like randomly or, you know, pretty quickly going out of business. So I <laughs> wasn't sure if you actually knew what it was anymore,
1: but yeah, Probably because they're so hard to look up in the phone book. That's why it's exactly why. That's <laughs> why lumpy had all the answers back in 1988. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, it's a movie that I d- definitely love
0: and it's a Bill Murray performance that I think is fantastic. Um, a lot of the other ensemble casts in it is really great. So I forgot. I'm just looking now. I forgot that Jamie Farr is Jacob Marley in that movie. So that's some Jay- Jamie Farr from mash. So it's a good cast. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. We'll see who else is going to be on board, but come on back. If you want to hear me and Jason talk about that on, uh, th- during Christmas week. And there'll be one more episode of extra Plasm as a regular episode that you'll find next Tuesday before that as well. So I believe Tom Henry is going to join us for that to kind of talk with us about his visit to see McKenna Grace at uh, Steel City Con and do all the autographs with her that the containment unit did. So you got definitely a few more episodes before the end of the year of Extra Plasm and Jason will be back for one of them. Uh, Jason, I want to say thank you once again for coming on the podcast. You're always an awesome guest and an awesome supporter. Um, Anything else you want to toss out there?
1: Uh well I, I mean I I thank you for being a beacon every single week when it comes to uh you know the news and being able to ingest uh, all the ghostbusters headlines in a uh, a podcast sense. Uh love listening uh, also now on YouTube if you've not subscribed to Extra Plasm, be sure to do so on YouTube. Um but you yeah no that. I I'm looking I'm yeah very welcome. I'm looking forward to uh taking part in the uh, the scrooged commentary, the discussion a bit there. And again, I'm sure we're definitely going to swerve into a lot of Ghostbuster talk. Yeah. But uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to that and looking forward, obviously, to the new year. Both the growth of Ghostbusters News, the growth of Extraplasm, and of course, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire.
0: Yeah. And hopefully Ghostbusters Frozen Food. That's um, If I don't get some Ghostbusters Frozen Food to go with my Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, there's going to be questions.
1: <laughs> and The Home Alone Asymmetrical Video Game. Yes. For Milphonic.
0: Yes. Coming soon. And it's going to be like like, written by David Crane, except it's written by me and you.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey. And there's a box set that comes with turtle doves and that like (gasps) slime that that Kevin buys in in, in Home Alone 2 at Duncan's Toy Store.
0: There's going to be a mail away certificate for a pet tarantula. (laughs) That's so good.
1: That's so good
0: you want to hear more about these kinds of things come on back for the next episode of me and jason jason thanks you again for coming on the podcast and we'll talk to you again soon buzz your girlfriend Woof. that about wraps things up for extra Plasma this week I want to say thank you once again to Jason Fitzsimmons for coming on the program and for all the support that he provides the show on a regular basis. You should of course be following Ghostbusters news if you're not already, and be sure you're checking out the content he's releasing on YouTube regularly as some of Jason's best work takes place over there, including his recent review of a highly stretchable Stay Puffed figure from the Heroes of Jujitsu line of toys. This is like a Stretch Armstrong, if Stretch Armstrong was a Stay Puffed it is totally awesome. Go take a look at the video cause it's hilarious. Uh, As always, I also want to thank Brendan Pierce of Biduchi Studios who provides the podcast logo as well as Vaporwave artist Magnavox whose cover of Ghostbusters serves as our theme song each week. And of course, I want to thank you for listening, for being phenomenal people who I'm thrilled to engage each week. If you have anything you want to contribute to the podcast, you can of course reach me at ExtraPlasm on X or on Instagram at ExtraPlasm Podcast on Facebook or YouTube or via Gmail at ExtraPlasmPodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, I want to say thank you to all the folks in flight suits and red parkas they're doing the important work of being charitable and helpful to people in need this holiday season. There's more to come on that point from Extraplasm as we wrap up this year, so stay tuned to Extraplasm's social media in the coming days. Be well, do your best to take in this time of the year, as we're often all stressed and excited at the same time in the holiday hustle and bustle. And above all, as Ernie Hudson reminds us all each week. Try to have fun. And always keep on busting. Take care.